evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Happy holidays, and welcome to this week's installment of the Wrestle Talk Podcast, right here on all forms of social media as well as WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Tonight is going to be a little bit of a different format. Uh, we're going to talk about we're going to be talking about the year 2022 and all the happenings that went on in the world of professional wrestling. We very much invite your comments. Please make it a point to share your comments here in the message uh, section. Also, make sure to log in so we can make sure we can identify your name here as we see here just like we have here and wallace putting up his uh message here as well nice to see aaron also shout out to herb simmons who's joining us here this evening we got a lot of great things and of course i would be remiss if we didn't talk about our good friend and we're going to go one step at a time here he is checking in from the world famous actually i'm just going to go ahead and let the chat go here from the world famous beautiful Okay, snow-capped, we're getting there, bear with us, the, the things are going a little bit, a little bit slow with our technology today, again, it's one of those, with the idea, just the weather can kind of wreak havoc, the snow-capped mountains of Topeka, Kansas, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Chandler is joining us this evening as well, uh, again, thank you, Drew, for joining us here, and again, if you want to join us tonight, make it a point to send us a message here, much as you've seen earlier on, you can also support the WrestleTalk podcast by sending stars, Stars help earn money. More money equals more content, more merchandise, more giveaways, more worthy causes, and so much more. So make sure that you share us with all of your friends and family to make sure that the Russell Top Podcast gets all the great support that we have. And you know, tonight's going to be a great night. We're going to have people popping in from all over the place. I don't know who all is going to check in, who all is going to want to be a part of tonight's show. If you have something that you want to say and we can possibly add you in, make it a point to send your message here on the uh, chat. Also, make sure hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling. Uh, that's, what we say. that's what we talk about each and every week here on the Russell Talk Podcast. And tonight, I can tell you, before we get things started, I'm going to be joined by two outstanding gentlemen. The first one that we're going to be seeing here momentarily is my broadcast colleague, a friend of many, many years, the one, the only big, sexy Chris Rodell. And our other broadcast colleague, as he's going to pop up here on the screen in just a minute, he's back by popular demand. He saw him last week. He's going to be joining us again this week. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Sunny Money Mayo, making another return appearance. Gentlemen, happy holidays, and how are things in your corner of the world? Oh, I'm doing absolutely fine. We survived Christmas, you know. Uh, we got the we got the New Year's holiday coming up here, so work. 
busiest week at work, so I was able to carve out some time, talk about a little wrestling with you guys. Let's talk some wrestling. We're going to be doing a lot of talking about the year of 2022. It's been a long year. Lots happened in wrestling. That is true. Sonny Money, I got to ask you before we get too far along tonight, your thoughts on 2022. I know you talked last week about being a professional wrestling fan and being an avid member of the Wrestle Talk podcast family. What are your opening thoughts here about 2022 in the world of professional wrestling? I got cheated last week by Justin Waits in the Game Show Challenge all of 2022 on Tuesday nights when Sunny Money was live on Wrestle Talk Podcast and I was in the Game Show Challenge. I won rightfully. Last week was the screw drop of Montreal 1997, okay? 2022. It well, was great for wrestling. <laughs> hey, hey, man, holidays are great. That's it, baby. That's it. I'm glad to be back. Last week was officially my last Wrestle Talk podcast. This is unofficially, officially my last Wrestle Talk podcast of 2022. So you guys know the story. If you were here last week like you should have been, you know what's up. You know what I'm putting down. So I'm ready to discuss Everything that happened in 2022 in the world. Sonny, is, is this how you felt felt after the uh, after the Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge last week? Fucking Dog, I gave a pedigree to one of my kids. I gave a rock bottom to the other kid. I was pissed, man. I Justin Waits. I know you're up there on the West Coast right now handling your business. I hope you had a good holiday, bro. But when I catch you in person, it's gonna be one of them right up in the. <laughs> I'm well, we also, Sonny, I have to I have to inform you that in the case of 2022, we're actually not going to have a game show challenge. But the reason why is because we've been specifically made aware that you cannot disrobe on the, on the program again. Dog, I mean, it, it, it was like Brett when he when he got screwed, he was spitting and he threw the monitors. I mean, I would have threw the dog across Kansas City if I was it was yeah. it a, was it fair? Was it a fair fight? I mean, yes. Boy, I'm not I'm not discussing this no more. I'm not discussing it. I'm ready to take the hat and glasses off again. I'm not discussing it. Okay? Hey, I want you I want you to know that when I faced Justin in the game show challenge, I won. So that we'll we'll just we'll we'll just leave yeah, it at that. Yeah. Okay, that's... we're starting this show off with a great, <laughs> a great fight But you know something? Not only do we have to thank our great viewers who tune in each and every week to the Wrestle Talk podcast, we need to make it a point to talk about our great sponsors because without the sponsors. We wouldn't have a Russell Talk podcast. You got Royal Mills Transportation with Dewan Mill. Great service if you need anything in the KC area. Raft Bun Engraving, home of the great Russell Talk podcast mug, which is available for $20. You can check out any of the Russell Talk podcast family to get one of those ordered. Nobleman Barber Lounge in Kansas City. Kincade Arcade in the Oak Park Mall. Our good friends over at Interstate 70 Sports Media. Little Popeye Designs, home of those great Russell Talk podcast tumblers. Great for your talk. <laughs> and all of your beverages, and, of course, the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. And now, Sonny, i got to ask him. I haven't had a chance to ask Renee this because I know he's been there countless times. King Kate Arcade is one of the sponsors of the WrestleTalk podcast. Have you ever been to King Kate Arcade? Have I ever been? I mean, hell, I can start getting mail there as much as I've been there, buddy. He started shipping mail to me through the U.S. Postal Service. I love King Kate Arcade. Shout out to everybody involved, especially to our boy, DBD. He's nothing but a gracious host every time me and Night Owl step foot in that building. Not only to myself, 
but to my kids also. He's got a great, let me say that again, great setup, not only at Oak Park Mall, but also at the Hy-Vee Arena, formerly Kemper Arena, downtown Kansas City. Uh, any any old school video game, arcade game, pinball game, you grew up in the late 80s, early 90s like myself, you're, you're a kid in the candy store when you step into Kincaid Arcade, man. It's, it's fantastic in there. I absolutely, absolutely love going to Kincaid Arcade. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's one of the things on my bucket list for 2023 is to get up to Kincaid Arcade. I'm a huge video game guy. I would love the opportunity. I mean, again, it's, just, it's a quick drive down I-70, be there and be ready to rock and roll. But, gentlemen, before we get too much farther along, this is the last episode of 2022. And Chris, I hope you're ready because we need to take care of a little bit of business that we take care of each and every week here on the Russell Talk Podcast. And that is to pay homage to the greatest country in the world, the good old United States of America. So this time, if you may please remove your hats, put your hands over your hearts, and let us pay homage to the greatest country in the world. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Roseanne bringing us in here to this week's episode of the Russell Talk Podcast. Gentlemen, I got to tell you, somewhere Nightmare Jones is is, is crying. I mean, I know it brings a tear to his eye each and every week. And again, I want to give a shout out to Nightmare Jones. I know he is recovering from some health issues. Give a shout out to Nightmare Jones. Uh, Guys, I said tonight was going to be full of surprises. We're going to talk about wrestling. We're going to talk about the year 2022. But tonight, we're going to switch things up. And I know somewhere the night owl is going to get upset that we've changed the order a little bit. But you know what? Tonight's a special night. And if we're going to start off a special night, we need to start our special night off with the one, the only. Ladies and gentlemen, let's show some love for Big Daddy P. All, All right. right. First, First question to get me. How was your How was your holiday? Insane. I had about twenty people in my little two bedroom apartment, and uh, we had an awesome time. Uh, and then the kids left, and we had even a greater time. And uh, slept the whole day the next day because. I think I'm just getting to an age that I can't do this all night Christmas deal thing, you know. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was blessed, wonderful. The kids got what they wanted. Everybody's happy. So, and I got nothing to complain. I got me some new obsession, which I ran out about three months ago. So I'm happy to have that. Got me a tie, got me a, a hoodie. I mean, it was a very, very, very great Christmas. So we had, we had an awesome time. Well, my other question, I know I'm speaking for everybody else here. And this is kind of going off the sunny money coffee meter. I got to ask you, Perry, how many plates of food on Christmas, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? One. One? 
because I didn't want to wake up in the morning and test my sugar and be mad at myself. Ah, that is that is true. That is true. Good self-control there, Big Daddy P. It's taken a long time. Listen, so we got to remember self-control is an, is a fruit of the spirit. It's a fruit. So it takes time. It just took me 51 years to nail it down. <laughs> well, like I said, uh, Big Daddy P, we're, we're changing things up a little bit here. I mean, it is the holiday season. We're going to have a lot of great guests. We got a lot of great wrestling information to talk about. But before we get too much farther along, I do want to take just a moment here, and this is kind of a, a little bit of a different spin on things. Um, we would be remiss here at the Russell Talk Podcast if we didn't talk about those who have have uh, passed away in the year 2022. And there's been there's been many great professional wrestling personalities, both in ring as well as like referees, announcers, things along the line. Um, I want to go ahead and take just a minute here to talk about some of those. And I know that you've got some input as well here, Big Daddy P. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and kind of turn the floor over to you here for just a minute as we reflect on those that we have lost in the year 2022. Well, there there are those who we probably will fail to mention, which is not on purpose. Uh, there's a lot of people uh, right now that we know of uh, who have suffered this year that, that we've lost. Uh, Adam Windsor, uh, Antonio Inoki. Uh, Candy Devine, Dave Hebner, Mickey Henson, Pepper Martin, Rocky King, Sarah Lee, Stephanie Bonner, Tarzan Godo, Tim White, and of course, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. I think that one, that one probably hit me the most only because I've spent time with him and uh, he was a very sweet, just a very nice guy. So that was that was probably uh, one of the hard ones this year, um, you know, but again, when comes life, comes death. And so we've got to be thankful for both and appreciate the time that we have with the, the stars that we have. I mean, being as long as I've watched wrestling, you know how many wrestlers overall we've lost? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I mean, the, list, the list is so not just 2022, but, you know, there isn't many people left. You know, outside of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, of course, right. who, who who he died, but in a different way this year. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to be talking about that here in just a little bit as well as part of 20, the 2022 wrap up. I got to tell you, when you sit there and look at it um, and we look at those, uh, and again, there were many others that we could talk about. Um, a couple that really hit me hard. Uh, one was uh, Stefan Bonner. Uh, Bonner was well-known in the MMA world. Uh, again, many people would say if it weren't for him and Forrest Griffin, the UFC may not exist as it is today. Um, I was very surprised in the officials that we lost this year, your Dave Hebner's, your Mickey Henson, your Tim White's. Um, another one that really struck me was the great Antonio Inoki, um, one that really stood out, made it a point not only to be involved in the world of professional wrestling, but tried to, uh, to extend diplomacy throughout the world. And I think back to the, uh, the North Korea peace festival and you had a match. We saw Antonio Inoki and Ric Flair. I believe they said it was something by the time it was all said and done of over a hundred. And I think it was 190,000 people over the course of two days saw professional wrestling many for the first time. But I mean, again, uh, another one too. And I know Chris and I have talked about it was the passing of Sarah Lee. Uh, I believe she was only 30, I think 30, 30 years old, years old. And I mean, you don't want to see anybody pass away, but it really kind of, really kind of amazes you when some people go early. Uh, Chris and I had a very good friend um, on the Dynamo pro roster, the late Keon option uh, who passed away at the age of 30. 
And I mean, again, you don't know when it's going to happen, but I mean, again, you got to take it one day at a time and you got to take everything as a blessing. Yeah. As I kind of say on that, on that is, is you don't know when uh, to pay the bar tab. You don't know when your bar tabs up. And, um, you know, I just wanted to speak here real quick on that, you know, and big daddy P was kind of talking about him, but Scott Hall, he, he's actually my all time favorite wrestler. Like if it was not for Scott Hall, I wouldn't be doing this right now. I wouldn't be somewhat of the personality and attitude I am. Uh, he was the first wrestler at the first wrestling show that I ever went to in 1992 at the Spectrum in Philly as Razor Ramon. I seen him there. He was only that character for three months. Um, I think Renee can tell you one of the very first matches I ever showed Renee was of Scott Hall. Scott Hall has been my Facebook profile picture many a times. I've got Scott Hall t-shirts. He's literally my all-time favorite wrestler. So I know it shook a lot of people because he was such a big star, especially when we were all growing up. But it hit me really hard. I mean, it, it, it had me in a funk for two or three days. I was just today, just this morning, in my hostel truck putting trailers up to the dock when I had five minutes to breathe on YouTube watching the best of Hey Yo from Scott Hall. You know what I mean? I mean, just not even thinking about tonight and everything, what we're talking about. But that's how much of an impact he had on me. And it's a shame that we lost all these people in 2022. And, you know, it happens, unfortunately, all the time. And, and you know, fly walking, like you said, man, you never know what it is. So enjoy each and every day that you got, brother. Exactly. Well, not, only that, not only that, you got to keep in mind, since yesterday is history, which it is, and tomorrow is a mystery, my favorite saying is today is the present. It's a gift. And so we need to be thankful. I mean, some people aren't going to make it home tonight. You know, they're thinking they're going to be at dinner or maybe they got plans for New Year's. Like I've got, we've got plans January 2nd. I am so excited. I got, I picked up tickets for Mrs. Hartman for WWE Raw on the 2nd in, uh, in Nashville at Bridgestone. So that's going nice. to be the first one of Raw. So we're very excited about the future. So, you know, and one of the things about these podcasts is that I don't want to get too down because there are a lot of people during this season who are really struggling with getting through it. And so I just want to encourage you today that even though things maybe were crazy yesterday, he tells us joy comes in the morning. So we just have to be ready. A lot of time there's breakthrough that's right around the corner that we don't even know of. You know, we don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. So I just have to trust that he knows exactly what's going on. And I just, I'm just super thankful for it. So your little snippet of the truth today, uh, which we have to have is we've got to look to the future, but we have to be thankful for the present because it is a gift and it's something that we can't take for granted. And I can tell you being on this earth 51 years, I can look back and say, boy, I wish I knew then what I knew now. But the fact is, it's impossible for us to be able to do that. So as long as we know that that there is a future, as long as we know that we have hope, and I think that's the one thing that is missing today because a lot of people have been told that, well, in order to get to heaven, you got to be good. And the fact is, goodness has nothing to do with it. He paid the price already. So we just, by faith alone, can accept it. And that's what gives us eternal life. And so that's where peace comes from. So if you are struggling, if you're afraid, if you you know think the world's going to end at, at, in December 31st and all this kind of jazz, <coughs> just rest assured you're not going to have to be concerned with that because, again, he's in control. 
most definitely Big Daddy P. Now, this is something we're going to throw out here. And Big Daddy P, usually you're our guest in the second hour. But tonight, being a holiday episode, being a reflective year of 2022, we're going to be talking about all of the major events that happened in the world of professional wrestling in 2022. And we have our media department, our, our research team has put together kind of a, almost like a top 10 for this year. And what we would like to do as you are a part of the Russell talk podcast family, you are a long time member of the Russell talk podcast family. We would like to know if you would be willing to join us for our very first discussion question here tonight as a part of our 2020 wrap-up show. Of course. All right. Well, tell you what. I don't know how often you get to hear this. And, and, and Chris, I think you know where we're going here. Let's go ahead. Even though it's kind of a, a different look tonight, let's go ahead and send things over to our good friend DJ Money for the introduction of our very special High Spots Top 10 Recap for the year 2022. Mic check. Mic check. Yeah. gentlemen welcome to a very special russell talk podcast top 10 high spots edition and we're going to go ahead right now we're going to get started question number one here and we're not so even so work. before before i know sonny's going to appreciate this pinky uh the hall of fame speech from scott hall uh you probably you probably remember that line hard work pays off dreams come true bad times don't last but bad guys do yep yep absolute chills man Absolute chills, man. Hey, and real quick, and, and, and just kind of side note, I know where we're going. We're going to high spots, play the music, so on and so forth. Two quick things. Shout out to Ref Pinky. I love you, brother. You're a fucking amazing ref. I, I got to see you. Uh, uh, ref, uh, the NWA heavyweight title match between Nick Aldis and Jason Strife, and that is number two. Shout out to Jason Strife. He is on hospice, um, you know. Big, big, big name here in the Midwest, St. Louis, Kansas City, Omaha, doing his thing. So, Russell Talk Podcast loves you, Jason Strike. Now, let's get that high spots rolling here. All righty. Right. Let's go ahead and look at our first question here as we recap 2020. And, Chris, let's not even worry about the randomizer tonight. Let's just go ahead and get right into the questions here tonight. Do you want one of the, you want one of the, uh, the honorable mentions or you want to start number you want to start, start with number 10 and all right let's roll because right, we got number, a lot number, of special guests here tonight let's throw number 10 and i think this is a big one right here this year saw a huge resurgence in tag team wrestling and in particular one ftr what are your thoughts of ftr in the year 2022 and i'm going to throw it right here to our good friend big daddy p i know that you follow professional wrestling you're also a very avid fan of tag team wrestling what are your thoughts about the I, I, I dare say the huge amount of success that FTR has achieved in 2022. Yeah, but when are they going to really get a big push? It seems like they're not getting what is due to them. I mean, we know that they are probably the most respected tag team in this industry 
at this point. I didn't say the best. I said the most respected only because I just don't think they're getting a fair shake. I, I, I wish that, that there was more attention. I hope in 2023 that FTR just gets a bigger push even than what they have now. I'm going to go ahead real quick and bring on our one of our other co-hosts here. He's sitting backstage. <laughs> uh, I know he'll probably want to got the alpha here. Alpha. Hey, 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 hey. How's it going? Hey. How are we doing that for the holidays? I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, Alpha, you see the question up here on the screen. This year saw a huge resurgence for FTR and tag team wrestling. What are your thoughts of FTR in 2022? For starters, I got to watch that dog collar match. Like, I've been so busy with everything, and I'm just excited because some of my favorite matches are stuff like that, especially I've never seen a tag dog collar, and you say tag dog collar with FTR, it gets me excited. But to answer the question, um, I, I'm really curious where they're going with this just because I really, really like this kind of, we're not completely off with all the tag titles yet. So they still got the IWGP and the AAA titles, um, but they lost the ROH belt. So I'm like, what, what happens when FTR does lose it all? And where are they going from there? Cause more so than in like success, I want to see FTR in defeat and then see where that leads us as far as like them as a tag team. And then, potentially going after the AEW tag team titles, because I know that's something that a lot of people have been asking for. Or, hell, even just getting the ROH titles back from, you know, uh, the Briscoes would be something to see out of that. Well, I got to tell you right now, to me, I look at it from a perspective of FTR is doing what a lot of people have been asking for, and that they're bringing back quality tag team wrestling. And you guys have all heard my tirade uh, a couple weeks ago about how FTR should have been the number one tag team in the PWI tag team listing this year. And again, you got to look at And you got, well, Chris, let's look at it this way, though. They do have the opportunity here. They, I believe they do have to compete at Wrestle Kingdom here in the next few days. Uh, I know AAA is going to have some events as we start up with 2023. Only time's going to tell, but I'm going to tell you right now. I kind of echo what Big Daddy P said here in the idea of where they lose the ROH titles and now they're embroiled in some controversy with the guns. To me, that's a huge difference in change from the Briscoes to the guns. So I guess, I guess my question is, is do you think that now that Hunter is in charge of WWE, they eventually after their contracts up, they end up going back to the WWE I mean, I, Sonny's, I shaking his, now, Sonny's, Sonny's shaking his head yes. I think right now if they want to show why they are the best tag team on the planet, they need to make that journey back to the uh, – They're w- only one of three teams to hold the NXT, the SmackDown, and Raw tag team champions. That um, is true. That is true. When you look at all the other titles, though, I got to say FTR, and a lot of people are going to give me flack for this one. A lot of people – are going to start putting these guys for the length of their reigns are to me, you need to start putting them in classes like the Steiners, like the road warriors, like 3d teams that have held titles all across the globe. And that shows the ability of FTR. And you know something, Chris, so I'm let, go let, let's 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 let Sonny. What you, you were shaking your head. Yes. When I said about the WWE, go ahead and let's, let's let you make your, your, what you think. Yeah, because I know we got someone else we want to bring on here, so I'm going to keep mine a little bit short and sweet, all right? 
I don't think 2022 has been the year of FTR. Yes, I know they won a bunch of championships. Yes, I know they've been in a lot of big matches, all right? But you know what? FTR was dope in 2017, 2018, 2019. Night Out was in my ear back then, like FTR, FTR, Revival, blah, 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 blah. Listen, they got what they deserve this year, okay? The tag team that I think personally this year that made a lot of noise, and my boy over here next to me said it, was the Briscoes, okay? The Briscoes have been around for a long time. I was watching the Briscoes when I was a teenager down in South Philly when they were still young and green as goose shit. The promos they've cut this year, the storylines they've been in, the, the, the matches. <laughs> yo, yo, Briscoes to me had a bigger 2022 than FTR. I give FTR all the props in the world. I know they're champions of every damn company except WWE. But, yo, the Briscoes for me, that was it. But I know we got someone else who's going to chime in, a guy. Not yet. No, well, okay. you know, I got to tell you right now, Sonny, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I'm bringing Perry but, back on, too. But so. I, I am going to agree with you, though. Interesting. The Briscoes are a phenomenal tag team. But when you look at 2022, I don't put the Briscoes and FTR on the same level. No. And the reason why is this. It's not their ability. Because I think they're, what, 11-time ROH or now 12-time ROH World Tag Team Champions. I'm going to tell you right now, now that it's all taken care of and now we're going to start seeing more ROH, to me, I want to see a healthy and arrested Briscoes taking on a healthy and arrested FTR. I would buy that match Every possible time I could get it. Do you think the Briscoes kind of wore down near the end of the old ROH because they were they were they were kind of carrying it? If I'm if I please mistake, please let me know if I'm mistaken because I did not follow Ring of Honor. So yeah, I mean they they listen. The Briscoes have been through some freaking wars, bro. They put their body through some matches. Like listen, they were putting their body through matches in CZW when I was going to the shows in 2002, 2003, 2004 on a weekly on a weekend, every weekend basis. So that, for them to keep that up for 20 years. And, and the reason I say that their name this year is because I feel like that they haven't got the publicity that they deserve. They finally did it in 2022. A little bit thanks to FTR and AEW and social networking and so on and so forth. But the leaps that they made in their promo game, the leaps that they made in wrestling, because they're a lot better now in the ring than what they were even this time last year. And I think, and and I think it's because they are they are in the ring now with more superb tag teams. You're in the ring with FTR, you're going to get better. You're in the ring with so many tag teams, so many talents, you're going to get better. Instead of fighting, you know, the local guy from the high school and no, hey, that's the shows, that's the shows I go to. That's the shows. That's the shows. Let's talk sports. I'm not down talking that. But I mean, it's just I kind of see what 2022 was going to be for FTR. We knew they were going to be because they are that talented. So, I mean, but they ain't as talented as the Usos. That's a different That's a different topic. The Usos, well, the Usos are just, I mean, Chris, Usos I'm, are just amazing. I'm going to throw one here. And, and Perry, I think you're going to be very appreciative of this. I know that you and Alpha both have comments here. But I want to welcome a first of many of our guests here this evening. 
Uh, it's somebody, and I'm just going to be up front. It's a man Sonny talked about. Ladies and gentlemen, from the beautiful snow-capped mountains of Topeka, Kansas, the one, the only, many of you know him as Hype Man Pinky. A lot of you know him as Drew Chandler. Let's go ahead and bring him on the program. Drew is here. I told you, Sonny, a late Christmas present right here. Drew Chandler on the Russell Talk well, just, just If anyone screenshot this right now, they'd be like, this is the biggest motley crew of people yeah. Um, yeah. around. So yep. that's okay. what's up, Pinky? What's up, Pinky? How you been? This is kind of like on AEW Dark, you know, when they have a trios team, but they, they trot out three random, <laughs> three <laughs> extremely random gimmicks and put them together. To go against it's like they it's like they pull out Emmy Emmy Sakura, Marina Shafir, and Nyla Rose as a as a trios team. I it just you, you're like, uh, okay. I see. I'm pretty sure that exact team has happened before on Dark. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Shout hey, out, Billy. I want to make. Uh, hey, I want to just quickly on a completely separate note, and it's really random. And if you know me, random is good. But I'm curious because obviously uh, now none of us have ever physically met. So I bet that I am the biggest one in the room. Biggest one what? Size. 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 Uh, I want to, I don't know. I'm 6'2". I, hey, I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm about 5'10", I'm, I'm, I'm about 5'10", about 350, so. Okay, so he's got 350. He might have the weight. Because <laughs> how about you, Sonny? Uh, six one and two hundred and twenty pounds of pure yuhu. Okay, I, I'm a you. I drink yuhu out the freaking gallon. So that's what all this is. Right is that now. what gets you through your day? Is that what gets you through your days on the yuhu coffee and highlights of uh, Ref Pinky's matches when he's and and of, and of course you love this weather that you're having out there. And, and dog, listen, man, you keep throwing. Th- I'm ooh. Ref Pinky, hey, listen, hey, Drew, we brought you on, bro. What, I was gonna say, talk to us about you, FTR. What do you think, Drew? You think I want to hear? Your, I want to hear your thoughts. First of all, uh, we're talking about the size and everything. Listen, they don't call me Big Pinky Pump for nothing. Um, but, <laughs> oh my God, really? Did we just go? Did we just go there? I like but, it. I like he's it. Buck, he's he's a buck fifty, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Matter of fact, he, yeah. I can put two of them in my pants. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like the big, big picky pump thing, but let's not, let's not let's not get that let's not get that trending. Well, listen, they can fit two two of me in your pants, but they don't call you Big Daddy P for nothing either. Hello, okay? thank All right. you. So, wow, this is not going six, to wear six three six three two eighty. So can we bring can we bring back let's let's bring this back to uh, FTR <laughs> here because I'm getting a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> right. Well, you know, you guys asked me about FTR. I've always been a fan of FTR. Um, I mean, ever since when they were back as the Revival, um, you know, obviously back in WWE. Um, no flips, just fists. Right. I always thought FTR was, like, my type of tag team. Um, when I think of, like, all the great tag teams and how they work and how they work together as a team and as a unit, FTR fits that mold. You think of guys like Demolition. You think of the Road Warriors. You think of all the all the big time popular tag teams. FTR is in that conversation with them as you know legitimate. I don't want to use bad language, but badass tag teams like FTR fits that to a T. Um, as far as like uh, their look, I think FTR they look like a legitimate tag team. 
Um, obviously the tag teams of, of years gone by, they, you know, they weren't like the young bucks. They, you know, they looked like just animals, like machines, like they could really do some damage, not saying anything bad about the young bucks, but I'm just saying when it comes to tag teams looking like legitimate wrestlers, you know, maybe the young bucks don't fit that mold, but FTR, like you can put them up with any era of tag team and they would fit right in. Uh, they would. Why do, why do you think the young? Why do you think the young bucks have been so like not wanting to? Didn't want to face FTR. Is it like a? Is it something? I, I don't know. Is there something that I'm missing backstage? Or I don't. Well, I, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> it's a combination of a couple things. I think um, because at one point the young bucks were like legitimately the hottest tag team in wrestling. At one point. Um, however, since AEW became a thing and FTR were hired and FTR was promoted and they were obviously tag team champions of a million different companies, they have almost, I think, uh, gone over the Young Bucks as far as popularity. Um, and to me, like the way I see it, I think that irks the Young Bucks. I think that that legitimately pisses them off that all of a sudden they're not everybody's favorite tag team anymore and so i and obviously the young bucks are their higher-ups in AEW, and they have tony khan's ear daily um and so i think part of the reason that ftr is not on the program as often um not only are they defending the championships everywhere else and all the other companies but i think that the young bucks being evps has something to do with ftr being stifled and not being able to perform on the shows to their and, you know, the way could, they want to. It could be a reason why they end up going back to the WWE because they were always triple. They were always Triple H guys. So, oh, absolutely. Um. Oh, I wanted to add that. Uh, I think to add to that is uh, they're also in that trios feud right now, going with the uh, with Death Triangle, and depending on where that ends up, I I think it might just be that they're wrestling some other style that they're like well we get to do the tag offense but we don't need to share it with ftr i'm kind of over the, i'm kind of over this trios this trios like best of seven it just i mean yeah it's they've been good 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 matches but man they're just so i mean i'm a, i'm a, i'm okay with a spot heavy match but boy it's just that's all it is is spot wrestling you're muted luke You're still muted. You're still. You're. you're all right. Uh oh, what did I do? Someone, someone jumped off. We lost. We lost. I think we I, lost. We lost the pinky. I think I lost pinky. We lost. Uh, pinky. All right, Luke. Well, you, Luke, you are. Uh, you are muted. Well, so I, I want to say Luke was some saying something along the lines of, "How dare you talk about those spy heavy matches? Oh, there was no, intricate no. details and no, no, no. And, and storytelling." <laughs> SNL had more cowbell. AEW needs more hammer. Need more hammer? You think there needs to be more info? I mean, I like that they're doing something for the story. I like that Ray Phoenix is conflicted, and I like that that's going to probably take the story somewhere. You know, deception amongst, you know, all the guys in Death Triangle, maybe eventual Ray Phoenix split off. I mean, I'm not saying he couldn't be a successful regular guy, like, by himself, but we all going to forget that match he had with Kenny Omega, like, a couple years ago that was actually pretty fire. But you also got to remember, I, 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 
I love he's Ray put, Phoenix. He's put it. He's put his body on the line in more ways than one in AEW too. I mean, again, you yeah, got to give him credit for what was there. I think he's got a decent enough move set for at least a mid Atlantic title run. Who's with me? Just show of hands. Mid Atlantic title, maybe not AEW title, mid Atlantic title. I just the don't. All, the All Atlantic, you mean? Yeah, All Atlantic. Excuse the me. All Atlantic. I'm, I'm classic. I can even see it now. Speaking of which, we're gonna go ahead here real quick here, and I'm gonna go ahead. Um, Big Daddy P, before we let you go, kind of we got a lot of people coming on. I know you're a very busy man. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up 2022? Yeah. Stay positive. You know, life is short. And I just think that if if you don't stop and smell the roses every once in a while, especially if you're a new parent, if you're a new parent and you got a baby, take the time. Sing, play, don't sleep, smell like poop. It's okay. It's a good thing because 18 years down the road when you're hanging out with them, they're going to remember those times. So just be thankful for all that you have because God is faithful and he wants a hearing. And so if you haven't tried him, if you haven't tested him, if you haven't talked to him, you can do it. It's no charge. You don't have to work for it. Just trust him today. That is my final word for 2022. And if God sees it fit to carry me to live one more day, then I'm going to beat this mf in this football game. I'm so <laughs> because see, this year for 2022, I got me a place, a, a play, an Xbox back. I had one and then it broke and I gave it to someone and he lost it and then found it in the dirt somewhere. But all of a sudden I got another one and that was like a month before Christmas. So I'm just stoked. That I get to play Madden again. That's just, that was Daddy P season. Take home the gold. <laughs> well, well, again, Big Daddy P, thank you for coming on the program. I, again, we are still in the holiday season, but again, thank you for everything you do for the Russell Talk podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again real soon, right here on the program with a brand new year. That is true. Uh, that is true. Happy Happy New Year, sir. We'll see you in twenty twenty three. Absolutely, with bells and whistles on. Awesome. All right. Have a good one. All right. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead here. We could talk about FTR and the Briscoes all night. We could talk about AEW all night, but we still got plenty more wrestling information. So, Chris, let's go ahead and throw up question number nine on our list. Going back to the WWE. Biggie suffering a broken neck this year. Situation and will he return in 2023? Pingy, I'm going to throw this to you, man. Um, I know that there's a lot of things on your mind. What are your thoughts about this whole situation and the future for the former WWE champion? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a very sad, sad ordeal. Um, It's cool to see, like, what the New Day is doing now in NXT. Um, And, you know, if Biggie had not had this very significant injury, I don't know if that would be happening right now. Um, so I think it factored, it, it really made, uh, it really made WWE like kind of rethink of what to do with the new day, I think, because I think maybe they were starting to go somewhere. Um, but then obviously that, that injury happened and, um, it's, it's one of those bittersweet things. Like obviously Big E getting injured, anybody getting injured, that sucks. Um, but really it, at the same time, kind of played into Kofi and Xavier's, uh, success that they're having right now as well i think um and so i I think he'll be back in 2023 uh the last thing i remember seeing was that he had been doing better he had he had been you know up and moving around and he had been um 
rehabilitating his injury and everything. And hopefully, you know, he's back soon, sooner rather than later, I hope. Um, maybe it's time for another Big E singles push, hopefully. <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm as much as I love Big E and the New Day, um, I, I, and as much as I like them as a trio, I really think um, Big E with another major singles run um, would would just be awesome. Um, I've always been a big E fan. Um, and maybe even like moving away from some of the silliness of New Day for, for Big E. Um, maybe taking a more serious approach would be something kind of fresh. I know he did that kind of for a little bit, but um, I think kind of rehashing that and bringing that back would be would be would make Big E even more successful. Um, and obviously there's all kinds of dream scenarios for Big E as far as opponents. Um, you can pretty much take that any way you wanted to um and it would be fun uh, but yeah definitely hoping he's back and hoping that he's um able to return sooner rather than later it's, and, it's, and i know definitely fun to watch and i know i read somewhere where he has an appointment sometime early part of 2023 to uh he'll be able they'll be able to tell him what's going what's going on what's the plan if if he can't even return so well, I mean, well guys i gotta tell you right now the one thing that really bothers me here in this whole situation um, is the idea. I think they talk C1, C2. And I really don't think, and I, I love Big E to that. I think it'd be great in competitor. But I don't see Big E coming back from this. Is that the same thing that Edge had? I don't know where Ed, Edge and Austin no, had. No, Edge's was, uh, it was spinal stenosis. Okay. Uh, again, I've heard a lot of people, and, and I, I even think he had the interview saying that a uh, certain movement one way or the other could have led to paralysis. And I don't think – I mean, I had an opportunity to watch him on an interview, and he looks like he's already dropped, I want to say, pushing 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's just one of those where – do I see him leaving the WWE in every capacity? No. But do I see Big E returning to the ring? Hopefully I'm wrong, but I don't see Big E returning in 23. I, I think mean, I think I think he's going to have a job with the WWE. I think he'll be an ambassador, kind of like Titus O'Neil is, and, mm -hmm. and and stuff like that. To, and you yeah. can also and you can also throw in Tyson Kidd in there because Tyson Kidd got injured in the WWE ring in a match with Samoa Joe, and then, you know they they gave him the backstage producer role, which he comes from the Hart family. I think he knows how to put together a match with his eyes closed. The good thing with Big E, though, and Luke Roberts, Flywalker, I'm with you on that. I don't see him actually getting back into the ring. Now, if he does, then, you know, he went to world-class doctors and they all approved him to do it. I just don't think it's going to happen. But here's the great thing with Big E. He has great personality. He can talk on a mic. He can cut a promo. So, you know, eventually, one way or another, we're going to see him back out there with the New Day. You're going to be having the, the crowd into it one way or another. And, you know, with WWE these past five, ten years, them going to colleges now and recruiting college football players and the NIL deals, Big E is the perfect person to say, hey, listen, I was an Iowa Hawkeye college football starting defensive tackle. I had dreams in the NFL. It did not work, but – I got a person I, – I, I brightened the personality I had, which I'm sure a lot of these guys do. Come on into the WWE. Come on into our state-of-the-art state of the performance center. So I think that's where Big, Big E is going to land. Um, that injury, man, that 
that that's that's one that's hard to watch. Okay. Yes, yes, yes or no from all four of you, one at a time. Hall of Fame or yes or no? Yes. Yes. No. I think it's Aaron. Well, you know something, Chris? We have kind of a, a, a roundabout view on this, but I want to go ahead. We talked about tonight. It's going to be a lot of special guests. We've had uh, Big Daddy P. We got Drew Chandler, Referee Pinky, however you want to call him. But I got another good friend of the Wrestle Talk podcast who's checking in here as a part of the holiday 2022 year in review. You can catch him on the Falls Count Anywhere, Everywhere podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only rough cut, Rick Ruby. Ruby, how are you doing, my friend? Happy Holidays. Hey guys, uh, great to be here and uh, glad I could join in on the discussion, man. Uh, you guys have got a lot going on and uh, man, just uh, you, you guys are only on number nine, man. You guys have got a lot to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, we got to ask your question. You, you saw the question and Chris, we can bring that up one more time just to bring rough cut up to speed. Biggie suffers a broken neck on SmackDown this year. What are your thoughts on the situation? Being a competitor, I know that you have a different perspective of in-ring injury and do you think that Big E returns in 23? Well, I'm going to say this. Um, you know, being in the business as long as I have, I am so grateful that I have not suffered an injury like this. The closest I've ever done was maybe like a uh, a fractured uh, vertebrae in, in one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, in the middle of my spine uh, early in my career, and it's and like calcium formed back together. And I'm lucky to have gone as far as I have. Um, but what I, a neck is a very, very serious thing. I mean, you got to think about the spinal cord. Any type of slight movement of anything, just in uh, regular activity, could cause something to just pinch or something could cause something to go numb or something. I mean, you're talking just something just with within a snap that could possibly par- uh, quadruplic or, or para- paralyze you. So, mm. As far as pushing for 2023, I don't see that in in that year. Will he come back? Maybe could he take as much time? Maybe like Edge did for all that time, or maybe some you know, or uh, somebody else with a severe neck injury. I mean, I guess we can take a look at Paige when she had that, or or Saray or whoever, whatever you want to call her, and she's finally back. So uh, you know. I think it's if he comes back, 2023 is really, really rushing it. He needs to take his time. He needs to build up his neck strength. He needs to make sure he's going to be able to go because it is a very physically demanding, and I will say sport, because we are here to entertain, but you have got to be an athlete to be in there to take these type to take that type of punishment. And I think you would agree that Big E seems to be like one of the the one of the uh most favored people backstage i mean even even he was getting shout outs whenever it happened from people from aew and impact wrestling and all around you know so you know you know he's got uh you know he's got friends friends everywhere so uh sunny i know that you have to cut out here so um do you have any final thoughts on the wrestling year of 2022 final thoughts to the wrestle top podcast family uh whew. Listen, I know you guys are going to cover these. So from Stone Cold Steve Austin to returning to the ring, from the love-hate relationship with CM Punk, AEW, and the fans, to Vince McMahon not being in WWE anymore unofficially, officially. Listen, it's been a great 2022 in the world of pro wrestling, and I am absolutely nothing short of being blessed to join you guys once a month. 
here on Wrestle Talk Podcast. So big shout out to you guys. I had a blast with all of you guys in 2022, all the guys here, all the guys who aren't here. Thank you again. Uh, you'll see my face sporadically throughout 2023 on Wrestle Talk Podcast. Uh, you'll never know when I pop up, but you'll always catch me at your local pro wrestling show in the Midwest. You even said you even said you were waiting for time. You were waiting for you you were waiting for that you're waiting patiently for the next Central States Wrestling to drop their next date. So yeah, CSW man, two things: you need to drop your date and you need to book my boy Ref Pinky down there. All right, he's gonna be the best ref on the card. I love you, Pinky, bro. You keep rocking your thing. I always see you in person around here. That goes to all the talent here in Kansas City, all the talent in St. Louis, and everywhere in between in the Midwest. Wrestle Talk Podcast supports you guys for all the hard work you do. Uh, Riff. Rough cut Rick Ruby. Hello. Goodbye. We've never officially got to hang out on here, but we will. I promise in 2023. But Flywalker, Road Dog, Pinky, Alpha, Rough Cut, Rick Ruby, and everybody else out there, Wrestle Talk Podcast Land. Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you for 2020-22. Let's rock 2023. Go Peace Chiefs. Out, Go Chiefs. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Sonny Money Mayo on the program. And, and Drew, I know you're a very busy man enjoying the holidays, but I'm going to throw one more thing out here before I throw it to you. Where's my pizza, Alpha? I'm eating it all. It's mine, dude. This pizza's banger. I expect some UPS packages of pizza delivered to my home as soon as possible. That's now, gonna... yeah, real quick, we go too much farther along here. Um, Drew, I gotta ask you here one last thing. Um, as you as you look at 2023, and I'm gonna throw throw this kind of a roundtable question here. Do we see the new day back together before WrestleMania? Not in ring, but do we see them back together before WrestleMania? Drew. Um, I think I think yes, but in some some different type of capacity. Um Obviously, with the discussion we just had about Big E, um, any type of, you know, uh, team warfare probably is not going to, uh, to to be able to happen. But, you know, Big E coming on and doing some different segments with New Day or uh, possibly even coming on as like a, a second or a manager of sorts. Um, I don't think that's out of the cards. Um, I think you, you don't, I think the crowd's gonna. I think the crowd will pop big, huge times if uh, at WrestleMania you, you hear that uh, that world famous Big E intro is like, "Oh, Los Angeles," you know. They they pop super hard as soon as he just said, "Oh, that's it." Just first two seconds, it would pop. Yeah. Very true, very true. Um, real quick here, uh, we got we got plenty more still to come here, and and uh, we're only on. Ruby makes a good point. We're only on uh, nine. Let's can we can we move on to what, number let's eight? Hold eight. And what we're gonna do is this because we've got some more guests that are lined up. I mean, our our chat box has been full of people wanting to come in all night long. Let's go ahead and throw question number eight up here at WrestleMania. And again, Sonny talked about it. Austin competed against KO. What impact does this match make on professional wrestling? And Rough Cut, it's to you. Well, I'll tell you. Um, to me, that made the entire two-night event worth watching. I mean, to see, I mean, because, I mean, I know I, I heard rumor that Austin was going to do a match. Austin was not going to do a match. And, you know, you, you hear the dirt cheaters. Uh, say this and say that. I just wanted to just watch the KO show at the end. I almost hinted it since it was going to be the main event of night one. 
you would think they they would have it. But I but I'm here to tell you, Kevin Owens is a gift in WWE right now, and he and I hope to give him a lot more. Him and Steve put on a spectacular match at WrestleMania, blew my mind for for real. And it wasn't it wasn't like anything like special. It was it, it was it was well laid. Out. It just was it was perfect for the moment. You know what I mean? It it didn't like have any long term storyline or anything behind it. You know, besides the fact that he hated Texas, um, <laughs> right? But, um, but no, I mean, but everything leading up to it, after it, I mean, uh, it was just, I mean, it was just phenomenal with uh, what Steve did. And as far as what that man could do and go, what wasn't even like fifty seven when he did that match this past yeah, year, and and he didn't look bad. I mean, he came out in his he came out in jean shorts. I mean, probably because he didn't want to get like tight black the black. So he doesn't need the black tights anymore. He's got the jean short, you know. But I mean, he didn't look bad. It wasn't like a technical expertise match, but you know, it 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 sent the people home happy that night. You know, one other person that went home very happy after WrestleMania was Pat McAfee. Oh, that's, I gotta tell you, that's the one thing that stuck in my head was the idea of seeing him at ringside. And again, that picture of him just smiling after getting dropped. That's that's he he took that stunner really, really well. <laughs> and, and as he was going down, spitting out the beer and I mean Oh, that was that was one definitely for for the ages. Now, Drew, I'm gonna go ahead and throw things to you here. Your thoughts on Steve Austin and this year's WrestleMania. Sorry, the uh, DoorDash deliverer decided to. Okay, very, more food that's not very, being delivered to the Luke Roberts office. This is he decided to life. very rudely interrupt our <laughs> incredible Russell Talk podcast right now. Uh, I should have given him the link, but um, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So Steve Austin, um, obviously a legend of the sport of professional wrestling. Obviously, somebody that I, as a as a twenty nine year old man, I never thought I would see. Stone Cold Steve Austin ever wrestle again, you know? Um, just one of those people that you, over the years, you think about Stone Cold returning. Like when CM Punk is big, you know, back in 2011, 2012, whenever he was at his absolute biggest, that wasn't enough to bring Stone Cold Steve Austin back. You think of John Cena at the very height of his popularity, that wasn't enough to bring Cena back. But you know what brought him back? When somebody started talking smack on Texas. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, it was a big, big thing when he returned. The match itself, like Rough Cut said, was it, it did what it needed to do. It uh, it really catered to a specific audience that I think maybe kind of fell off of the wrestling wheel. Um, obviously, the Attitude Era, a lot of fans kind of fell off after that died down. But, you know, Stone Cold was at the absolute height of his popularity during the Attitude Era. Um, and so... That brought in probably a lot of lapsed fans that saw that Stone Cold had wrestled a match at WrestleMania, and now maybe they're thinking, oh, maybe I should tune in and see what's going on. Who is this Kevin Owens guy? Or maybe they're watching WrestleMania, and they're thinking, who is this Roman Reigns? Or, wow, Brock Lesnar is still wrestling. I didn't know that. That might be intriguing. You know, stuff like that. Um, I think that with all of the competition that WWE has now with not just some of the higher-level independence but with AEW um and them bringing in stone cold steve austin was a huge you know tip to the hat to wwe for doing that 
um, it really put more focus and attention on WWE as opposed to the competition. Um, and not only that, but also with the addition of Cody Rhodes that same weekend, um, obviously really, really brought the attention back to WWE. Um, whether or not Stonefold ever has another match, I don't know. Uh, I've already heard rumors that he may wrestle again at next year's WrestleMania. Um, whether whether or not that should happen, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that the it would have to be the right spot. You can't you can't just throw him in there. Steve like, Austin in the Rock. Thank you. No, no. Look at well, the Rock might not even be there because of a. Uh, uh, Filming schedule, so that's true. Well, that's you know, true. they can do Stone Cold and Austin Theory, and the winner gets the rights to the lines. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. But- <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, on, on that note, uh, real quick here, uh, we want to thank Rough Cut Rick Ruby and Drew Chandler for joining us. Uh, Drew, before we get too much farther along, if uh, fans want to follow you or catch up with you uh, throughout your journeys in the world of professional wrestling, how can they catch up with you? Absolutely. You guys can catch me with XWE Wrestling in Salina, Kansas on January 21st. You can catch us in Leavenworth, Kansas for the same company on January 7th. I'll be at both of those events. Um, As far as following me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Drew Chandler. You can definitely send me a friend request, uh, message me on there. I am, uh, I think I'm at Ref Drew Chandler on Twitter. I can never think of what Twitter handle is, but you can go on there and listen to me. and you know read read my my crap talking posts about different things on that in, in professional wrestling that just irk me like yeah. and vance flipping up the middle finger to all the fans even though he was a baby face two weeks ago it's whatever you know it's whatever um i like to post my thoughts out there and put it all into the world and sometimes they're uh controversial and don't get very much love but you know what that's okay not everybody has to like everything you post I can tell you right now, Drew, always a pleasure to have you on the program. And I got to tell you, just like Sunny Money, you're always going to be hype man pinky to me. But one of the best refs, hands down, not just in the Midwest, but one of the greatest hey, by the way, in all the world. Can I say one more thing? Mm-hmm. Really cool to see Rough Cut Rick Ruby. I haven't seen that man in like five years. <laughs> and speaking of which, we're going to transition over right here to Rough Cut Rick Ruby. Uh, Ruby, for those who want to follow you and the Falls Count Everywhere podcast, how can they do so? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Rough Cut Rick Ruby, and that's pretty much all I'm pretty much on. And uh, you can uh, look for me at Limetime SCL on Instagram, Snapchat, whichever. Uh, but um, my main goal here, uh, and of course, uh, you can follow me through American Championship Wrestling, which we will return February 23rd uh, in St. Clair, Missouri. Um, doing work off and on for SACW uh, with uh, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling with Herb Simmons. Um, but as far as this, my baby right here, we've, uh, right here is the Falls County Board podcast, uh, where you can catch us every Sunday night at 9 PM central. Uh, we're, we're hopefully to get back on groove this coming Sunday, if not next Sunday, where we feature a guest, uh, a feature guest that's in the independent scene, making it, uh, that is working hard and trying to get their name out there. We're trying to help them out, kind of do, a and just kind of get their thoughts and experiences and have a little fun with them. And then, Hey, um, we've got some big shows coming up. In fact, we're even going to just kind of put the ball in your court, Russell talk for the week before WrestleMania to maybe have another trivia challenge. It's been a couple years and, uh, I think it may have a good moderator to help with that. Maybe we can get that in the works, uh, the Sunday before WrestleMania. 
So that's something to put out there. And you know what? I got one more guest to throw out there before we let you both go. Drew Chandler, Rough Cut Rick Ruby, the reunion tour on the Falls Count Everywhere podcast. We need to make that so in 2023. Gentlemen, honored and privileged to have you here, being a part of the Russell Talk podcast family. Uh, again, happy holidays to both of you. We look forward to seeing you both very, very soon in throughout the pro wrestling world. Gentlemen, have a great evening. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right. You saw Rough Cut Rick Ruby and... Drew Chandler here on the program. We're getting ready to go to question number seven. But, Chris, I got to tell you, just so people know what's up, and they might get to know our next guest, can you go ahead and hit that very special music before we bring our next guest here on the program? My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. WrestleTalk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Welcome to high spots where we pop news like Claire Chop. We talk shop, coming through the screens of the laptop. And non-stop like a runner's feet is a black top. We hit hard like head shots and back drops. I'm uh. a fast, so like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We up to speed while they stay slow. Wrestle talk podcast, now they know. We about to start the show. Uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here for the Russell Talk Podcast 2022 year in review. The one, the only DJ Money. How are you doing, good sir? And the wonderful world of Georgia this holiday season. Uh, cold as hell. <laughs> it sounds like the entire country it seems like man it really does but like i said at least hopefully you guys didn't get the snow and again i want to give a shout out to several of our past guests here in 2022 having to deal with that blizzard the blizzard like conditions out there in the buffalo area and in new york and it's been brutal pretty much throughout most of the country yeah but you guys so now, <laughs> Hey, it's one of those, we've got, to, we've got to take care of it little steps at a time, and we're going to get things good to go. Speaking of which, um, since the last time you were on the program, uh, and I didn't make reference to this a couple weeks ago as well, um, you kind of, yet again, I mean, you're a man of many talents. I mean, you've been in-ring competitor, uh, DJ Money, and all those great musical selections you put together, all those great tracks, uh, Fighting for Autism, Ambassador, I mean, you name it. But now, if you weren't busy enough, You've now officially added yet another thing that you are capable of doing. Uh, and what I want to do is before we get into question number seven, I want to take just a minute. And for those that are a part of the Russell Talk podcast family and are already following DJ Money, can you give us a little more about your latest project? So um, I am currently doing beard care products, which is all natural, all natural soaps, uh, clothing uh, it, it was actually born out of a need for myself. Um, so underneath this glorious uh, salt and pepper beard that I have here, um, I have re like really bad patches of eczema. And I used multiple different products from different beard companies that claim to be all natural. And uh, I just kept, I mean, I would pull out flakes. I know this is bad, but I'd pull out flakes as big as my pinky nail, man, like out, out of my beard. And I'm like, something's got to give. So I started doing research on my own and created a beard care, like beard oil, beard balm, all natural soaps that caters to like basically sensitive skin and dry skin and eczema and everything. And it promotes beard growth as well. So, um, but I've been using it uh, 
uh, I kind of took a buddy of mine who, who sold his business about eight or nine months ago. I took his formula because it would help me and I tweaked it just enough to where it's, it helps me even better and put, you know, some, some different things in it. But, uh, the beard growth that you're looking at is, is all from my, my stuff. I tested it out on myself before it ever hit the market. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you though, when it comes down to it, if you need an authority on, <coughs> on on beard care products, man right here has consistently, day after day, year after year that I've known him, has had hands down now, and I think it's been better part of a decade now, DJ Money, that you've had that that wonderfully outstanding beard. And again, if you take this man's advice seriously, you can get these great products and Make sure that your beard is just as outstanding as his. And speaking of which, before we go ahead and let you go, I do want to go ahead. This is the year in review wrap up. I want to go ahead. Chris, if you want to go up and throw question number seven, we're going to throw it to our guest right here on the program. And again, the AEW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view happened. Is the term forbidden door overused? DJ, I'm going to throw it to you. What are your thoughts? A lot of things have happened, not just the pay-per-view. I mean, we had Mickey James coming out on the, in the Royal Rumble. We had countless other situations here. What are your thoughts about the idea of the forbidden door? I, I don't think it's forbidden anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's kicked wide the hell open. I mean, uh, you know, you've got, you've even got WWE working with new Japan now. So, there's there's no door anymore it's legitimately so so biz, good business is good business and so if you're taking a a good superstar or good pro wrestler or, or indie guy whatever you want to call him if you're taking a good worker and you're putting that good worker against another good worker that's money like there to me it, it shouldn't be i mean I, I get the contracts or exclusive contracts for a reason i understand that um, but at the same time, if you really want to draw money, then, then work together and draw the biggest payday that you're going to have. But calling it forbidden door is way overplayed, way overused. Just, just call it. We need money. I mean, that's, that's just, just call it that. <laughs> well, I got, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm just going to put it simple and alpha. You may find this a little strange. Ditto. I agree with DJ Money 100% here. I mean, again, the one that really stood out to me the most, and again, the pay-per-view itself was great. If you haven't had a chance to catch the AEW New Japan pay-per-view, do so. But to me, I look at it from two things. Number one, Mickey James and the Royal Rumble. And two, even though it's not going to officially be a 2022 thing, is the idea right now you still have a New Japan champion. I believe it's uh, the never-open-weight champion. Machine Gun Carl Anderson is still defending his championship in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's made for a different situation in professional wrestling. And you're going to see, and we talked about it here with several of our Wrestle Madness events, you never get the opportunity to see what would happen if you put two capable competitors in the ring at the same time. And I can tell you right now, is the term overused? I would say so. But you know, it's it something that's beneficial for the fans? Most definitely. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I sent Gallo some of my beard stuff. And because, like, he was my first ever pro wrestling match. Um, I, I don't know if you guys know that. It's a fun fact. Luke Gallows was my first ever pro wrestling match. Nice. He kicked my ass. Um, <laughs> there is no 
way around it, but we became friends afterwards and we've kept in touch well over 10 years. Um, and so I sent him some beard care products and, and some of my soap. Uh, matter of fact, I was like this close. If WWE hadn't signed the contract with him, the 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 uh, it's called aged barrel bourbon now, but it's like a sandalwood and bourbon scent. And it was almost called Good Brothers. And he was going to let me use it. And I was going to pay him a dollar from every bottle that I sold. Ah, that would have been such a good name, too. But he uh, he ended up like he, he messaged me like the day before I got the labels in. And he was like, OK, we got a problem. I'm about to lease this name to WWE. We, we I can't let you use it. And I said, cool. So I, I kind of went around it, you know, aged barrel bourbon. But he absolutely loved the the oil, the balm, like I said, the soap. Um, but he he said, like, I, I kind of went off on on my own little toot my horn thing. But uh, but no, he was telling me that like it would blew him away when they gave Carl permission to do the match. He was like, I, I we we both just kind of went back to the hotel room and was like, what just happened? Like. This never happens. Can 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 we just can we uh, let's can we shoot? Okay, Carl doing the match is great. He's gonna have to go back over there and probably do another match. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but do you really honestly do you think that Hunter didn't get anything out of this? There there's oh, got wow. to, there there has got to be something coming down the pipe that um that we don't quite know about. Uh, Hunter's not doing this for you know. When Christian went to Impact to go into the Hall of Fame or whatever he did back then, um, so the Ric Flair could be put into the Hall of Fame. You know, that's scratching each other's back. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure WWE got something out of Mickey James coming into a, a uh, for the Royal Rumble last year. Oh, but yeah. let's just be let's just be honest. Are we are we honestly sure that something is not coming down at maybe? the Royal rumble that there's going to be a new Japan entrance into, into the uh, Royal rumble. You, you can't tell me the Hunter didn't get nothing out of this whole Carl Anderson thing. Or, I mean, or you throw it this way and I'd throw it out there just because of location. Do we see some connection to new Japan pro wrestling at WrestleMania? Could be. I don't even know where the Royal rumble is this year. To be honest, I with believe you. it's in LA. It's, no, well, WrestleMania is in LA. I don't know where the Royal, I don't know where the Royal rumble is. Uh, that one. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm drawing a blank here too. I will I will look it up. You, you talk about yourself. Yeah, uh, Alpha. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and throw things here to you real quick. Uh, like so, we got DJ Money here as well. What are your thoughts about the Forbidden Door? I gotta go in the opposite direction of you guys, and I think that the term is used the right amount because I want to tell everybody prior to this year how fake. With all of these articles that sounded prior to AEW's like stuff, you know what I mean? Like, how fake would it have seemed to be like, hey, did you know that Mickey James with the TNA title is going to come out at the Royal Rumble? And then you're like, hey, Carl Anderson, never open weight champion, he's going to show up in WWE. It's like that would have sounded fake as beyond everything. Like everybody would have been like, yeah, okay, nice fan booking, Chief. And so I think. And I think that fits in with a lot of the, you know, a lot of wrestling history's best forbidden door aspects, like the whole Taz, what, what was it, Taz winning the ECW championship off of 
Um, Mike oh, also, it, was the, it was the WWE, the WWE wrestler beating the WCW contracted wrestler on an ECW show. Exactly. It's like that. I like to think that those moments are right up there because realistically, they're only forbidden moments for people like us who actually put way too much effort into knowing this information. <laughs> and we're just like, dude, this is actually pretty cool. So I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm biased because I thought I thought Forbidden Door was fantastic. I mean, could there have been more feuds going into it? Sure, blah, blah, blah. But and I think that all the moments that have been happening is been Forbidden Door moments. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think any of the ones that have been listed or that I'm thinking of for this year are, you know, not Forbidden Doors, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. It'll be. It'll be. It'll be interesting. So, uh, well, you know, you know something, guys. That's one reason why we looked at the year in 2022 is because there are so many interesting things. And again, before we let uh, DJ Money go, first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a loyal member of the Russell Talk Podcast family. We hear each and every week. And if anybody would like to purchase your your beard care products or your soaps, or they want to get in touch with you regarding music. Or I know that you have some work regarding uh, things like uh, graphic design and things online. If they want to purchase any of those items. How would they go about doing that with you? Well, the honestly, the fastest way to do it uh, is either on Facebook. Um, it's all lowercase, all one big jumbled word. Bryant Hill Outfitters, just just like my shirt. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, Bryant Hill GA and uh, on TikTok at Bryant Hill GA. Now on TikTok, I do things a little different. Uh, it's it's funny stories of my journey as an entrepreneur. So I'll be telling stories with everything, whether it be Bryant Hill, the, the funny stories with DJ Money, pro wrestling. It'll have a little bit of everything on there because they're short, they're sweet, and I can make them extremely entertaining if I want to. So. Well, you know, you know something, DJ Money. I'm gonna tell you right now, and I, I, I think I've only told Chris this. Uh, later on this coming 2023, I know I'm gonna be making a journey down, not necessarily into Georgia, but I'm gonna be making a, a journey into Northern Florida, and, and you know, everything related to Bryant Hill, and see what everything's all about. But again, if you need any any of these great products, make it a point to check them out online. Uh, again, DJ Money, thank you for everything that you do for the Wrestle Talk podcast. And like I said, uh, as we go on throughout the night, we'll make sure to continue to put out Bryant Hill, uh, Bryant Hill Outfitters so that you can get all that great uh, those great products. DJ Money, thank you for coming on the program and have a happy rest of your 22 holiday season. You guys too, and have a good 2023. All right, ladies and gentlemen, DJ Money here on the program. And you know something, the guests keep on coming, but let's go ahead and throw question number six. Next guest up here. Let's go ahead and throw up question number six here. On sorry, I had to, sorry, I had to find. It. I couldn't. They're not. In, I didn't put them in order. Don't blame me. All right, MJF and AEW have had an interesting relationship in 2022. Has this benefited or hurt MJF going forward? And you know, somebody who has a real, real good opinion on this. We have great opinions each and every week, but I want to bring on a man who's had a great opinion for many, many years, former Dynamo Pro Heavyweight Champion, 
Uh, I guess you would officially technically call him one third of the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champions, a man who's very outspoken, very opinionated, and a man who still can't do a cartwheel. (laughs) The one, the only, lights out Adrian Surge of the lineage. Surge, how are you doing good, sir? Happy holidays. And I have to ask, with one of your Christmas presents, learning how to do a cartwheel. I I wasn't even the one that said it this time. You know what? Just for that, I'm just going to do this. Oh, (laughs) I see how it is. Well, well. Anyway, I mean, again, we we would be remiss in saying again, you are one third of the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champions with the lineage. Two men that scare the daylights out of me. Uh, I still I haven't gotten so. my shoes back from from Big Vic. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, you don't want to know what happened to those. Uh, I, I I I don't think I need to know. But you are a very knowledgeable individual about professional wrestling. That's one thing. Uh, again, a lot of people may not necessarily agree with you. But one thing I do agree is your knowledge for professional wrestling is one of the greatest I've seen. In, in the history of Dynamo Pro. And I got to ask you, I know you very much follow MJF and AEW. Do you think all the things that have gone on this year have benefited or hurt MJF or benefited or hurt AEW? Oh, it does both benefit. It benefits both, if we're being honest. Um, you know, however you want to look at the narrative or or whatever, the, the reaction that you're going to get from individual fans is going to vary. But the fact that everybody is talking about AEW and talking about MJF absolutely helps him in the long run. Um, and so, you know, whatever they can do to, to mutually benefit for the time being, that's great. But I think long term, short term, it benefits both parties. I think it benefits uh, both definitely for MJF, uh, short term, absolutely for AEW, long term to be determined, depending on how they use him and, and how they continue to to market and grow their product. He, he only wrestled seven matches this year. I, I find that hard to believe, but I mean. Well, you Does know he need what? to wrestle more than that, though? No. Like, I mean, you look, look at it this way, and I'm just going to throw this at you. Last match that I can recall that he wrestled was wrestling Ricky Starks mm-hmm. for the heavyweight championship and the dynamite diamond ring. I'm going to tell you right now, I've had an opportunity in my career to be in the ring with absolute Ricky, Ricky Starks. The man is phenomenal. And for MJF to do what he did. And I got to say, it re- really reminded me of vintage Roddy Piper. He waited, he knew where the referee was delivered a very questionable kick, but it did get him the victory. And again, that's one thing, Serge, even though you and I may have gotten off on the wrong foot, a little bit of joking here tonight, you know I call it how I see it. And if you use the referee to your advantage, then, then much props. Because, I mean, again, at the end result, it's professional wrestling. It's the opportunity for you to make money. It's a chance for you to be at the top of the mountain like you are right now. And I do want to go ahead and post this over to the Alpha here, the newest member of our team. I don't know if you formally have been introduced to the Alpha, uh, Serge. You get, you get uh, regulated to your closet there? Exactly. Unfortunately, um, uh, I, I hear that. I hear no, this that. is just what apartments look like in Florida. Oh, uh, is that? Oh, uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, but he still won't share his pizza. So, Alpha, I'm going to go back to you. What are your I thoughts on MGF and AEW here in 2022? I definitely think MJF got like the better end of this, just because. What I I don't know whether or not it was worked or whether or not it, you know, he was genuinely had like discrepancies with the company and they worked it out. And then now that's where he's at now, but he's definitely coming out the the other end of it better. 
especially because everybody's like, yes, finally. And he gets to go off and it's like, finally, he's got the rocket on his back. We're going to see where he lands, but right now he's carrying the ball and he's looking like he's going to clear the end zone. Like I'm, I'm definitely excited. And I, Oh my God, that plaid belt, that uh, it was, it was like, I was so excited. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's going to be a custom belt. And it was just the, just the leather shirt. <laughs> that was it. it just had me marking. So, well, well, I got to ask you, Chris, we're going to come back to you about AEW and MJF here in a minute. Serge, I mean, now that you are one uh, a member of the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champions, have you and the Agents of Chaos even considered the idea of maybe making some changes to the Dynamo Pro Tag Team titles? You know, I, I, we would if we could. I, you know, I think the, the hardest part right now is just to find people that are even worth challenging us for the belts. So, I mean, you know, once we actually have, you know, people that are willing to stand up, you know, there used to be all these trios and all these, you know, tag teams that were ready to go. And now there's no one to be found. So, well, well hold you on know. here. I've got, I've got some comment here, but I want to go ahead and throw this to Chris here for just a minute. Chris, your thoughts, MJF and AEW, and then I'm going to come back because I – I have a question. Being a broad member of the broadcast journalism group of Dynamo Pro, something I think that is very pressing regarding that situation. I have, I have, I have, I have well, before we go on to MJF, I have two words for Adrian Surge. Chris has a, Chris Exodus uh, from this past, this past, the last show of the year. So we'll just leave yeah, it at Christmas, that. Christmas magic exists. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. So, but, but no, I think that MJF has, has been probably one of the most entertaining AEW storylines. I mean, he maybe took it to, but now we're going to, now all through 2023, we're going to hear about this, the bidding war of quote unquote 2024. And do we really think that, that MJF's going to go anywhere? Tony's not going to empty the bank for him. I mean, am, am I wrong in thinking that or well, hold up here a minute? The bidding war of 2024 is a stroke of genius. Everybody knows that MJF is one of the most sought after talents in all of professional wrestling. And if somebody's going to take the opportunity to back the money truck up and give him not only what he's worth, but more than what he's worth, and he's going to go out there and he's not going to hide it from anybody. That's not, that's not anything to, to be played down on. That's somebody who's looking for their worth. And Serge, I think you would agree with me here. Being a um, multi-time champion Dynamo Pro, the more success you have, the more money it takes to make it all work out. Absolutely, you got to. You got to. The whole idea here is for everybody to profit. Make make yourself as profitable and as marketable as possible. That dude is a genius. And let's not pretend like this is the first time this doesn't happen in professional sports. You think of football, you think of baseball, you think of, you know, any sport imaginable. Everybody's thinking of, you know, they're not worried about what their current contract is. Everybody's like, oh, what's, what's my next deal look like? You know, I want to be worth more than, than I was before. So if you think this is a new concept, this is, this is something that's been around for a long, long time. I don't know if anyone's had the balls to make it as public as he has, especially in this, this uh, side of the business, but uh, you know, props to him and, and hopefully he gets every penny. You can't, you can't think the last person that kind of made things like brought it out into the open was uh CM Punk actually back in that match with, versus John Cena in Chicago. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that crowd was, I, that was one of my favorite like matches of the year that year. I mean, well, I, I I'm going to go ahead now that we've gotten our AEW talk about here. I just got to throw it out there and Chris kind of made reference to it. Serge, I got to ask you, how are you mentally focusing on 2023 knowing that in the last two months you've lost to dragon's guild, not once, but twice. 
I mean, again, you're saying there's no credible tag teams, but both members of the Dragons Guild tag team have defeated you in back-to-back singles matches. How can you be so confident that there's not a team in Dynamo Pro that can challenge the lineage? I think when it comes down to when the chips are on the table, like I don't, I don't lose, and I think the people that I associate with know that we don't lose when when the uh, the lights are on bright. I'm not the 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 longest reigning heavyweight champion in Dynamo Pro, you know, in the last you know ten years for for no reason, you know, almost I know we almost made a thousand days, but like. You know, I, I, I live for the best of the best. And if Dragon's Guild, you know, wants to use that momentum and come up and get stonewalled by me and the lineage, you know, that's that's fine. Um, I relish the chance to get back in there with them because, you know, I take them maybe a little too lightly. You know, the holidays were up. You know, you got the Thanksgiving it's in November and you got Christmas coming up. Yeah, I made it may have made a little, little too big a deal out about, out about that, but... You know, I think I'm I'm all up for any any young up and comers to really try to make a name for themselves because I'll smash them when they get back to my level. You, you did you did troll people by coming out to the Mariah Carey "All I Want for Christmas Is You" song. I I, I thought that was I mean pretty, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, I, <laughs> we don't always see eye to eye, but that was pretty. I I, I like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, all if I was just telling how it is, all everybody wanted to see was me. So and I think that that got the reaction. So. I'll hey, take it. Well, I can tell you right now, when it comes down to lights out, Adrian Serge, I mean, you may not necessarily like the man, but one thing you have to give him credit for is he is the longest reigning Dynamo Pro heavyweight champion in promotion history. And he is a member of the Dynamo Pro tag team champions. And right now, he's, he's, one, he, he's one he's one belt short from the Triple Crown. And the, the, that is, he, well, actually, Chris, not necessarily, because if you want to get technical – really want to get technical he technically could be considered a triple crown champion because remember a little thing called riot on the river well yeah that's true so maybe maybe grand slam champion with i was gonna say let me knock one out of the park then hit a grand slam because i'll i'll win that d1 title uh, but you've worry. had your you've had your chances against cj shine let's 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 not let's not let's not say you haven't so yeah no i i i think there's one good thing about ending this year is I think there's a lot that I've learned, but I think I've refocused on things that I know that I still need to accomplish. And I think if you're falling in that category of things I haven't accomplished yet, I'd watch out in 2023 because that's where I'm coming. And I'm going to, I'm going to put a compliment out there because I sometime earlier this year, a couple of months ago, someone said that you were probably the most underrated wrestler in the St. Louis area. Um, Maybe it was, maybe it was Camaro that put it out there, but you are the one of the most, saying you're the one of the most underrated wrestlers in the st louis area so i mean well 2023 people are going to find out i think they've already really started to figure that out i had some bangers this year i think people are starting to pick up on that you know i'm i let my work speak for itself and i think real, the, the real ones understand real quick about camaro just one quick thing what's it like being in a ring with a guy that's built like that you gotta be sore the next day I uh, I don't know if I've ever taken uh, you know most guys I can uh, you know most uh, there's a lot of really tough guys out there let's first let's put it there you know there's a lot of those guys um, I don't know if I've ever needed more time to recover from from a guy than than Camaro in in a long time that I remember standing in the ring with so dude hits like a truck but I'm better I know he's damn better whether it happens in a Dynamo ring or somewhere else that ain't the last time me and him are gonna face off so I, I know that for sure. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here. One third of the Dynamo Pro Tag Team Champions and longtime member of the WrestleTalk Podcast family, Lights Out Adrian Surge, kind of giving us a little bit of a 
little bit of a forecast for 2023. Serge, again, thank you for coming on the program. And I look forward to seeing you in a Dynamo Pro ring real soon in 2023. And also, don't you have something coming up with Anarchy here in the next couple of months? Uh Gateway is it Gateway to Anarchy or? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'll be at Gateway to Anarchy in January, and I'm actually going to be at the Last Journey Pro Show uh, this this next week. So uh, I, you, I will you, be plenty available in 2023. Did you have a Did you have a run at KCXW with with Pinky the referee or? Um... Pinky, uh, I, I I probably stepped on him. Uh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just I'm messing with it. Uh, no, KCX, we it's been a long, long, long time since I've been over there. But I I miss Kansas City. This is like a whole thing about I want to get back out to Kansas City more. Um, and so that's you know this this next week is the start of that. Um, and hopefully, hopefully other opportunities as well. But uh, if, yeah, has some I, good good matches over there. If I remember right, this will be the last Journey Pro Show, right? It will They're, be. Yeah, it'll be my first and their last. <laughs> it'll be. I'm I'm gonna make it memorable for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now here as we get ready to uh, to let you go here. One thing I gotta say from past experience, and I made several trips up to KC Way in the course of my career. Just promise me one thing: if the weather cooperates. Even though it's the last Journey Pro Show, you make it a point. A lot of wrestlers talk about a place called the Iron Skillet. Mm-hmm. You get your opportunity to get by there before you come back to St. Louis. you got to stop by there. Had a lot of memorable experiences there. And, again, you will not be disappointed on the food, even though you are on a very strict diet regimen and whatnot. I mean, again, yeah. who knows? Maybe you stop at the Iron Skillet. 2023, you start the year. Maybe you learn a cartwheel or two. And everything will be yeah, it's not pushing fine. now you know i don't know if i can uh i don't know if i want to commit to that one or not <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen lights out adrian surge here on the russell top podcast surge thank you for joining us and we'll see you in 2023 absolutely take care fellas thank you see you all right later. ladies Bye. and gentlemen we just keep on going here we're halfway through our top 10 so to speak of 2022 and the guests i mean literally guys i didn't figure we would have that many guests here on the program we still got more scheduled to be here more yeah and we got we got we got to get through we got 30 minutes to get through five more five five more to go we'll tell you what let's go ahead here real quick we'll throw up number five and then we'll bring our next guest on and number five is a biggie 2022 tony khan purchases roh what does it mean for roh and how is able to have it since their return I feel I feel our I feel I feel our next guest is gonna have some really good opinions on this one. That is true. Like I said, I want to throw it to Alpha because Alpha really has uh, shown tonight his knowledge of the great promotion that is ROH. What are your thoughts about Tony Khan buying and subsequently relaunching ROH? I'm gonna answer this sequentially. So um hold up, you're using big words and you didn't send me pizza, so <laughs> Um, I think this purchase for ROH just means, thankfully, we get more ROH in the future. I mean, this this company was like staring, staring death in the face. It was just like on its last legs, you know, but they wanted to go out with Jonathan Gresham. And it's like now we have a second win and we get to see where that goes. Um, how it's looked since its return, unfortunately. Um yeah, it definitely feels like it's secondary to AEW instead of a separate thing. It feels like an extension and mid-card titles when they already have a lot of mid-card titles there. Um, hopefully, now that they've got a TV deal, we can start seeing some focus on them putting their shows together and then, you know, finally making its identity. And I think the good news is, is that 
as far as their champions and as far as like the people who are going to be heading the locker room going into that, we can definitely see something coming out of that because I don't think Briscoe's his tag champs and Claudio is ROH champ is, you know, bad, bad workhorses to fall back on while they start building the brand back up. Let's look at it this way. We've also got Samoa Joe as the world television champion. And don't you have Athena as the women's champion? That's true too. I mean, again, when you look at it, you've got mainstays, of the old ROH that are in those spots. And again, with the women's championship being on Athena, that is a woman, in my honest opinion, who a lot of people need to keep an eye on in 2023 because she is going to set the the professional wrestling world. Not that she has no rip, she's going to set the world on fire when it comes to ROH. And I think we're going to see a lot from her in 2023. And again, I agree with what Drew had out here. We had a couple other people who sent messages as well. The idea of where We've got to get some reps in. We've got to get some more events going to reestablish and alpha hit it right on point. The idea of once ROH goes back to their regular TV deal, I think we're going to see a, a, a new side of ROH. I think it's going to be very, very positive. And Chris, should, should, I mean, let's just, should Tony like maybe think about moving Rampage? Like, not necessarily removing Rampage, but making Rampage the ROH show instead. I mean, I think you're still going to get the same amount of viewers. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I uh, just because it's somebody had mentioned this in a previous podcast we did, but the short and long of it is, um, I think it's that because there's already so much wrestling to watch as it is rampage is like secondary to secondary because already we're kind of falling back on well i already watched dynamite so why what do i have to watch on 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 rampage especially with a lot of the half-ass stuff that they do and making it roh at least you can make it a completely different show to give more people initiative to be like well it's roh so i might as well watch it and you know and now you get the diehard fans into it so it might help and um, you know, like, like you said, it wasn't, you know, the viewership probably wouldn't go down either. So I can't imagine experimenting wouldn't hurt. And, I, say, I say, I say, I say that after Rampage has one of its best weeks in a long time, they, they actually both, both SmackDown for a tape SmackDown and Rampage, they drew really good numbers. I mean, their numbers aren't close. SmackDown drew like two, two point something million. Um, and Rampage drew 556,000, but still, for a Friday night before Christmas, now it could have been that a lot half of the like seventy five percent of the country was inside their houses because they were cold as hell and um, snowing. So maybe that had something to do with it. But the numbers were good for before Christmas. And you know something, guys, I'm going to throw it out here as simple. And again, nobody's ever had the opportunity to do it. Why not the idea we have AEW on Wednesday night for two hours? They're drawing good numbers for their brand or for their uh, television network. Why don't we visit the idea, even though they're owned by the same company? Why do Friday night run two hours of wrestling? Let AEW lead into ROH or ROH lead into AEW. It's something that hasn't been done before. Some, some outside the box thinking on that. Yeah, but you're talking about four hours of wrestling on Friday night. I mean. Yeah, but then the question is, is you're going to see real quick. I, to me, I think it's one of those where it's going to keep SmackDown on its toes. I really do. 
and, and not to mention, it, you can make up for it because Ring of Honor matches typically have longer, you know, times for their matches. So you could you can make up for the fact that, well, we got two hours to fit. You might as well give these guys 30 minutes because, you know, they're going to do well. And then you could, you know, and then eventually for all we know, we could have hour long matches in the future. You know, I would love to see an Iron Man match between two guys who can go. I mean, and then know that it's going to be an hour long because we got two hours to fill. So you get two really solid matches, get you through a Friday. I, I agree with you, Alpha, 100%. But you know, Chris, what we're going to do here, uh, we got a couple more big questions to up here. What I want to do is I want to go ahead and bring on our next guest. You would see him in a, a lot of countless promotions here in the Midwest. Uh, referee extraordinaire Christopher Miles wearing one of those great Christopher Miles T-shirts, which you can purchase from him whenever you're at any event, or you can purchase from him online as well. Uh, real quick, before we move on, <coughs> as you see here right now, Pro Wrestling Tees, you can pick up that great Christopher Miles T-shirt. Um, Got to ask you, your thoughts on Tony Khan buying ROH and what the future is going to hold for ROH? Okay, so like, like a lot of people, I think the sole purpose that he bought ROH was the, so that he could control All In. Because ROH had the broadcast rights to All In, so he obviously wanted that. That's the genesis of, of AEW, so he wanted that. He bought he bought ROH just for one 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 show. I gotta say, and, and I mean it's not. It, I mean it's not without without having that. I mean again, you can't visit the idea of selling it as a freestanding DVD like anybody has yeah. them anymore. You can't put it on things like an Honor Club or AEW created their own streaming service. You can't put it because they had the ownership rights. And what if Vince McMahon owned the rights to All In? I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> you had to stop it. As, as far as where they're standing, he made a comment last week that ROH standing is the best it's been in 20 years. And that's just a bunch of baloney. It's not. ROH had some great years there. But, I mean, to have their TV deal be a part of their streaming service, that's not great for the brand, especially when that streaming service doesn't have live pay-per-view. You know, 90-day delay on the pay-per-views, whatever. Like, I'm not going to join Honor Club to watch the weekly show. As much as I love ROH, I'm just not. Mm -hmm. So, like, so they don't stream the pay-per-view on Honor Club? 90-day delay. A 90-day delay. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, WWE can do that. They can give out with their pay-per-views for $9.99. They can. ROH, AEW, Impact can't. True. And, okay, just a a dork point of order. Promotions (laughs) following each other. That actually is happening right now because New Japan's US TV deal is immediately after impact. So they do have something like that going on right now. That's true. But the one thing we got to look at and kind of a a point counterpoint here, impact draws impact gets 70 something thousand viewers. Well, no, no, I'm looking at it from a perspective of where ROH and AEW impact in new Japan. I think that the gap from the styles is different between AEW and ROH than an impact in a new Japan. I think new Japan brings a little more of a strong style which you're going to see more, you're going to see more uh, wrestling fans tune into it. And uh, I mean, again, but again, it's one of those you sit there and you look at it. Only time's going to tell when it comes to ROH. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, we're at the final four, and most of these are pretty big topics. And again, we got referee Christopher Miles here on the program. Chris, throw up number four the walkout of Naomi and Sasha Banks. How does it impact the WWE? 
I'm just going to throw it this way. Chris, you haven't had a chance to really speak out to start things for a while. What do you think um, the walkout meant for WWE? I think it really, honestly, at the time it was big, but now it's kind of lost its, you know, I mean, does anyone really care about a Naomi return? There, there, people more want a Sasha Banks return than they want a Naomi return. And, and I can and, tell you. And I Sasha's going to go Sasha's gonna go over to New Japan. So You know something, though? I remember hearing something listening on another program that Naomi is genuinely one of the most well-liked, well-respected people in the locker room. And I'll tell you right now, when the walkout happens, if it was something related to Naomi or whatever the case may be, uh, the fact remains is I think it comes down to it. Most people think it's going to be a a launching point for Naomi and Sasha Banks. And I'm going to tell you right now, as you brought up the point, Chris, uh, a lot of people are saying uh, Sasha Banks uh, or Mercedes as she's going by now. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. It's one of those where it comes down to, is Sasha going to rebound from this? Yes, she's going to benefit. But in the case of Naomi, I mean, I, I don't dare say this, but it very well could lead to the last time we see Naomi in, an, in a WWE ring. So, uh, Miles, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it to you. Your thoughts on this whole situation. I want to preface by saying I love both these competitors. I think they are both great competitors. Top of the Some of the best in the world, male or female. Has their leaving affected the numbers? Has their leaving affected live event gates? Has it affected ratings? And no, it hasn't. I think the immediate impact online was, oh, my God. And it's kind of filtered off to, well, if Sasha comes back, fine. If Naomi comes back, whatever. And that's unfortunate, really. But it's it's the hard truth that no one's bigger than the industry. No one's bigger than WWE. Brock Lesnar left. Steve Austin left. You know, The Rock walked away for a while. It, it, Anybody walking away isn't going to destroy the WWE. That is true. Alpha, let's go ahead and finish it up here. The the walkout of 2023 with me. I think it reminded everybody now in 2020 and 2022, 2021, that WWE is not untouchable. And I think it was a nice cold splash of water to WWE to try to get their shit to get, excuse me, get their crap together when it came to the women's division, because I think it definitely left a noticeable hole. I know that they're not going to beat the company because you really can't, but I definitely think it, it made some, like a couple of the women's divisions matches a lot more noticeable in the, in the couple of weeks since they left, because not only did we lose, you know, potential future matches with Sasha and whoever in the top four right now, but we also lose Naomi for the work, you know, to cover the SmackDown division, if you want for your secondary title. And they were both tag champs, which completely like spat in the face of WWE because they had nobody to recover. And Triple H had to like sever the limb quick. And was like, all right, all right, we need to throw Bailey in now. And we need two girls to hook up with her to get a tag team together because we're empty. We, we got a hole in the boat. That's it. I'm really curious. I'm really curious that if, how close we were to losing the women's tag titles when yes. they walked out. Oh my god, that would have been so awkward. They don't. They for briefly dumped the NXT women's tag titles. They, they trashed them, I guess, to see, test the waters. Maybe it was just all storyline. But I got to really think that we were on the verge of dumping those belts because of the controversy. Mm-hmm. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you right now, as we look at 2023, I mean, again, you've got. Uh, uh, Caden or Chance and uh, Katana, you've got what's left of Toxic Attraction, you've got 
Uh, there are several good teams that are making their way up into NXT. And I'm going to tell you, in the beginning, it made things very rocky. But I think, like you said, Chris, the WWE is going to be able to rebound and we're going to see a, a definite resurgence in 2023. And, and can we just say something about SmackDown Women's Division? It is not the best division right now. I, I, I've never wanted Charlotte Flair to come back more than I have now. And <laughs> I am not a Charlotte Fair, Flair fan at all. But I'm right there with you. <laughs> there, there needs to be some sort of... CPR done to the SmackDown Women's Division because yeah. Ronda Rousey ain't it. She's... You know what the problem? You know what the problem is with 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 Rousey. The bloom is off the rose. There's no real outside star power there anymore. She's just a wrestler. She's somebody on the show. Exactly. It's it's not like she's the big celebrity that she was when she came in. Like oh my god, they've got Ronda Rousey. Now it's like okay, Ronda Rousey's here. Okay, that's, she should be. She's a wrestler. So I mean. You might need to put an actual wrestler in there, a Bailey, a, a, a Eo Sky, somebody that could carry a division. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, well, we got Rhonda, we got Shayna, who I don't have a problem with Shayna. I think Shayna's really good. She just doesn't, she needs some, she needs somebody to talk for her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you've got Shotzi, who's, who's decent. But she's doing good. Needs I think she can carry SmackDown as a workhorse. Liv Morgan is it should Liv Morgan should probably be carrying the SmackDown division right now. But I mean, you know, Chris, I'm gonna throw a name out here that a lot of people she hasn't gotten her due, and there's a lot of justified reasons. Why not the idea of give Tegan Knox the ball? I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, at this point, what could what 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 would hurt? I mean, because. The SmackDown division, the SmackDown women's division is is not good. I am not a Charlotte Flair fan, but Charlotte Flair needs to return, and I, I don't know cool. if she needs to wrestle Ronda at WrestleMania, but no. <laughs> oh no! Wrestler Charlotte Flair objectively is a very good wrestler. I don't like the character. Right. So there's that. Well, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna make this complete kind of wipe the slate clean here when it comes to talking about the SmackDown women's roster here. And let's move to number three topic here. Let's go ahead and move to number three. Let's get away from that for now. And again, big news, Cody Rhodes going to AEW. What do you think the impacts were? I think the biggest one shows. He's a sellout. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase. All right there, HD. What a lot of people, what a lot of people were saying. It showed that even though AEW was the newest, latest, greatest thing, they weren't untouchable. And when Cody Rhodes leaves and goes to the WWE, and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know why it's sitting in, especially after watching that wonderful episode of Monday Night Raw last night, <laughs> um, is the idea. Before we talk about Monday Night Raw. No, 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 no. I'm going to put my out to Cody Rhodes. By the end of 23, Cody Rhodes is the one that defeats Roman Reigns. I want to see it. I'm with there. I'm with this guy. I, I have, I have, I have a beef with the WWE, and I didn't know they were doing this. They had two house shows last night. Two house shows last night, and couldn't do a live Raw. Are you, are you, are you, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I know. I know, I know. You said something about that this morning in our other group chat that you were like, they did two how two house shows, not just one, two. One of them was MSG, and the other I don't Columbus know where you couldn't you couldn't do a live raw. I mean, it makes no sense. 
Okay, but Cody Cody leaving was the second biggest AEW story of the year. That is true, and we're going to tell well, somehow. We'll yeah. give you an idea, Christopher, and we haven't told anybody yet here on the program here. And again, we're getting close to overtime on the Russell Top Podcast. The year was so busy. Shocker. We actually have a number one for AEW and uh, the WWE. So, like I said, right now we're looking at Cody but Rhodes. But Cody Rhodes is a sellout. No, he's not. Here's the thing. Cody built – he was a fundamental piece of AEW. He helped build that thing. Absolutely. You should be proud of that. But at the end of the day, Cody Rhodes comes from a wrestling family and is a wrestler. And there is no bigger pride in wrestling than the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. The title is father never won. The title is brother never won. He could be AEW champion all he wanted, and it wouldn't mean as much to a lot of people, to a lot of people, as the WWE Championship. Oh, I'm sorry. I got clarification from our friend, from our friend HD, that he was not, he's not a traitor. He's, or no, he's not a sellout. He's a traitor. Crimea River, uh, HGTV Daniels. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw this one at you right now, though. And I got to put it simple. Do you classify Cody Rhodes in the same category as an MJF? Who's the highest bidder? It's all about professional wrestling. Keywords professional. If they're going to offer you more money to come back and see all the things that you were able to do and prove them wrong, which in the WWE, you don't see a lot of people being able to basically show them that you did something to prove them wrong. It's not just cash. It's cash and creative. That's true. That is so true. If, you, if, if you roll over the Brinks truck to young Maxwell in 2024 and you Put in writing, we will do this, 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 and this. Then he's fair game. I think there are a lot of people who are delusional out there in the, in the internet wrestling community who think that he's just not going to go. That this is all a ploy. I think this is master storytelling by Mister Friedman. I agree. Because you know, when that contract does come up, he'd be stupid to at least not listen. That's true. I mean, you're always going to you're always going to listen. It's just. Yeah. He's similar. He really is similar to M- or to the Miz. I mean, he's got the that's the same freaking storyline. It's the but will the Miz be there in twenty twenty four? That's that is a good I point. I can tell you right now, Chris. To me, MJF is nearing Piper level. I'm not even going to put it in this level. Yeah, he's he's nearing Piper level. No, okay, as I'm, as I'm a Skywalker, <laughs> as you can be in modern wrestling, because no one's trying to stab or shoot MJF. The fans get that it's a show now, so no one's trying to kill him. But in the modern sense, yes, he is the modern Piper. He is that guy that you just go there to boo. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at an MJF figure I have on my shelf right now, and I hate bought it because I do. I love to boo the guy. <laughs> you hate bought it. I love it. That's a, that's a new term right here on the Russell you, Talk you, podcast. You probably don't need any more. I hate <laughs> bought. I got a. I got a perfect shirt idea. I hate bought this shirt. <laughs> All right, MJF what's the MJF could sell him. But you have to look at it this way. is like if if you go to the venue and you boo the wrestler, even if you buy their merch, you're still doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're still helping that character because you're giving them money and you're giving putting across on TV, this guy sucks. So, I mean, <laughs> in that sense, yes, he is the new Piper. Well, well, let's go ahead here. We talked about MJF. We're still going to visit that again here probably before the end of the time. Chris, let's go ahead and throw I th- up our I th- number. I think this, this number two is going to – Enraged a friend friend of ours here. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. The bloodline. The bloodline is the storyline of the year. 
I don't care what anyone says. It is the best thing in WWE right now. And Roman can show up on any show. He doesn't need to do anything. Him being there boosts ratings and ticket sales and merchandise sales and everything. Tell me I'm wrong. Luke Roberts. Two words. And it's not the bloodline. Sami Zayn equals massive ratings. Sami Zayn is the reason why I watch the bloodline. I'm not taking anything away from the Usos. They are one of the most dominant tag team champions in the history of the WWE. Are they the most dominant? I still got a few teams I, I would put up there before them. But they're definitely in the consideration. Do you consider Roman Reigns to be the greatest WWE champion of all time? There's still a few champions to me. And I know it was mentioned before to me. I still look at it. He's nowhere near a Bob Backlund or a Bruno San Martino to me. But I'm going to tell you right now, Sami Zayn is the reason why I watched the bloodline. Because Sam, Sami Zayn, that, that whole storyline was only supposed to last at maximum six weeks to two months. Um, I mean, or, yeah, six weeks to two months. They've drawn that out because everything was because people are talking about it. People are liking it. In St. Louis, when SmackDown was in St. Louis, my cut, we were talking about this this at Christmas time. The 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 not feeling very oozy is probably the best thing that's the, is probably because when I heard it, I damn near fell out my chair. That's how you can tell that a that what in all intents and purposes a bad idea when you can roll it into a good gimmick and it works. Feeling oozy or being oozy is stupid. It's dumb. But the bloodline is so over, and Sami Zayn is so over that it just boom straight to the moon. And apparently, something we didn't see off air because they didn't have Solo Sokoa on off, on the on the show. He was like apparently like dying over on on the in the corner. You you didn't see it. They didn't have him on air, but you could tell from the reaction of Jay and Jimmy and even Roman. He's probably like Roman heard it and was like, "Did he just really say that?" That's just... Did you see the numbers and how many feeling Usi shirts they sold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was the number one selling T-shirt for this quarter for for this section of the year. It's nothing sold more. That's that's another that's another part of that promo that promo when Jay hit that line. I don't give a damn what the trucker <laughs> says. I just, that, that just that just popped up in my feed, and you yeah. can see Roman's down. Roman's just sitting there listening like that. Jay says that he, his head popped up quicker and we've all had that look from our mothers and stuff like yeah. you, you yes. mothers and fathers have always given that look is like, what the hell did you just say, boy? <laughs> I need the edited version of that clip where the boss music plays and you can see the health bar underneath. <laughs> Cause he put the fear of God just by looking at him. He went, excuse me. <clears throat> And he turned. Hey, yeah. He turned. He turned around like a mother or a grandma or someone in your family that was going to whoop your ass yeah, for saying just, for saying uh, that. And you you have to look at it this way: is not to say that there was not a whole lot creatively going on in WWE because there was there was stuff that I was interested in. But again, our friends not going to like this. I would tune in to watch Roman and the Bloodline cut a promo. I would tune in to watch them have a five minute throwaway match. And you couldn't say that a year ago, that there was something that brought you to the show just because it was going to be there. Well, you know, Chris, I look at it this way, and they were talking about it on the uh, recap last night. When you look at uh, the New Day versus the Usos or the Bloodline, however you want to call it, 
and they had the match about six weeks ago on SmackDown. Those two teams are probably the, one of the greatest rivalries in the history of the WWE. But watching that match, it had a completely new element to it. I don't, I don't, I don't think the New Day and the Usos could have a bad match together. They've had so many really good matches, and it doesn't matter which two members of the New Day it is. If it's Kofi and Xavier, Kofi and Big E, Big E and Xavier, you know, all all the combinations of the New Day work with with them. That but is they, true. Did they do, did they do a Hell in a Cell match that was really good? Mm-hmm. You mean the really good one <laughs> where they had him hanging upside down and they were hitting him with the kendo sticks and then they trapped him in between the cage corner. I, I love spots that, you know, I haven't seen before. I'm just like, oh, that's so wicked. That's so wicked. Just think how the game is Because it started with Roman feuding with one of the Usos, with Jay, when he wouldn't, you know, we were talking back. And when Jimmy was hurt and then Jimmy comes back and they're, they start the bloodline and then Sammy comes in and Solo comes in. It's been building for over two years now, as long as Roman's been champion. And it, I'm not bored yet. It's great long-term storytelling, which we haven't had in so long. And and with Roman only wrestling sporadically now, I mean, I know people are like, maybe he should wrestle more. He doesn't need to wrestle more. No, he doesn't. He shouldn't wrestle more. The, and, the and, and, and the matches that he's having have been really, really good. I know people are going to crap on the whole SummerSlam match with uh with uh uh Brock with the with the tractor you know and the oh, no, awesome. no 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 that was awesome that was gold yes well, so there and you couldn't see Skywalker yeah. in the force bro that, that tractor was sick when do you see that in wrestling man we're gonna be able to talk about this for years and in our friend HD's defense uh, he was there, and he uh, um, could was his view was obstructed after the uh, ring was, was was raised. So, well, guys, I got to tell you right now, this is our number two, and we're getting into overtime for the number ones in both. But before we go to our number ones, let's go ahead and take just a minute here and acknowledge not only our great viewers who continue to watch the WrestleTalk podcast with this 2022 year in review episode, but also our great sponsors who let us get to that opportunity. People like Royal Mills Transportation with Dewan Mills, Rath Bun and Graving, where you can get your great WrestleTalk podcast mug. Message us on social media and we can get you all hooked up with that. Noblemen's Barber Lounge in Kansas City, Kincaid Arcade at the Oak Park Mall. Interstate 70 Sports Media with our good friend, the maestro, Jeremy Carp, Little Popeye Designs, where you can get that brand new WrestleTalk podcast, Tumblr, and the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. You can catch them on Thursday nights. I believe it's at 730 Central for all your up-to-date FWWC information on all of our great social media outlets. Gentlemen, I got to tell you right now, we're in overtime, but these two are overtime in themselves. If we would have just covered these two things, we could have taken the entire two hours and talked about them. How did Pinky know what number one was going to be? He's he's mess, he's messing with us, saying that if you say Bray Wyatt is number one for WWE, he's leaving and never returning. So um, I'll tell one, you right now, that's one less that's one less ref here in the state of Missouri. No, I'm just well, just kidding, Pinky. Pinky, I'm gonna tell you right now the two things we've got to talk about. They were so monumental, we had to split them up. They were both landmark events in the world of professional wrestling. And Chris, let's go ahead and throw the one that everybody seemed to talk about when it came to AEW. The number one as it relates to AEW. After AEW All Out, CM Punk and the Elite got into a legend altercation known as Brawl Out. Was this a black eye or a reset for AEW? And guys, 
I'm going to leave my opinion to last because I kind of got my own views here. But anybody want to jump in here and, and give your thoughts on Brawl? I think, I think the answer is both. Mm. It was a black eye and a reset because let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. John Moxley has carried the AEW for this year. doesn't matter. Um, and him losing the title and with all the quote unquote interim titles. And that, that's a story for another. I, yeah. I, Chris, Chris has a couple of opinions on interim championships. Uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a black eye. I don't know. It was just the whole lead up to it with the CM Punk press conference. That was really, really weird. It did with him eating the muffins and just like talking about Colt Cabana and sharing a bank account with his mother. I'm like uncalled for. Um, I don't quite know where he was going and calling the EVPs children. That's just I don't know where we were going with that. Well. I said I have my own opinion. I'm going to leave it for you at the end. But uh, Chris, I know you and I have had conversations about this. Your views on Brawl Out? It's a massive black guy. It's a massive black guy, and the the numbers don't lie. They have not recovered. They have not broke a million since then on their weekly show. Ratings be what they may, what they are in 2022. But it wasn't a good look. Uh, uh, all of the reviewers and everything, all the different YouTubers and podcasts and internet warriors were like, this is not good. Or it was a work and it wasn't a work. Or we would have found out by now. <laughs> and, and, it was, it was, and it was also stuff that you heard from a couple weeks prior to that, that they were having such backstage drama that Jericho Moxley and Brian Danielson had to have a team meeting prior to all out and then had to have another meeting the day after all out. So there was something in that locker room that didn't sit right. And I, a lot of people think it was CM Punk. I don't know. Well, here, here's the thing, alpha, I'm going to go to you. And then I want to, I want to throw a completely different spin on this. So alpha, your thoughts about brawl out, and then we're going to close this particular number one. Here's true. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's definitely a shiner. Like that's that was a big. When you think of things that have happened in AEW, this has got to be a black guy. Like if not, I don't know what you would call a black guy in this scenario. But I think we're all agreed here that it is a reset because it does feel like okay. Now that they got that hit, they don't want to take that hit ever again, and they're taking steps to move past it and move, you know, forward and up, as as well as just like being. Like, did, they, did, they, did they rush the MJF coming back because of that? Probably. <laughs> I would say they might have moved it up a yeah, little bit, definitely faster. But considering how fickle some wrestling fans are, I think they did it in the timetable where they were like, "Yeah, it's still fresh, and we all like it." <laughs> Here's my perspective. If it was such a black eye, why wasn't he fired? Forget because he's injured. It releases. Why wasn't he? No, 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 no. Let's not go there because we've seen in professional wrestling that wrestlers have been fired because of injury. That's a given fact. This is something that happened, what, six months ago? And when it comes down to it, did they penalize everybody? Was there a black eye? Yes. But the fact remains, if you go back to ROH, 
you go back to IWA Mid-South. And again, this might show my age. I don't care at this point. Listen to a CM Punk promo. And how he would do everything he could to find a way to agitate you, to poke at you, to get you to have a reaction. And to me, I look at it from the perspective of we're, we're six months out. I mean, is it one of those where they may be tied up with the legal system? Yeah, I get it. But when it comes down to it, we know that the WWE is not going to visit the avenue. We know that places like Impact aren't going to be able to afford it. When it comes down to it, and I'm going to tell you this right now, if we ever see CM Punk in a ring again, I'm going to tell you right now, I think, and I don't, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit out in right field here, but I think in 2023, we see CM Punk back in AEW. Here's 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 why I've again this is a speculation why he hasn't been fired due to the legal surroundings around Brawl Out and dealing with Cole Cabana. You know, well that's already. I mean, to me, I mean, you can talk about those kinds of things, but that's public domain. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things you look at. There were other issues that went on outside of AEW that are dealt with and done. If you notice, come back, yeah. But the fact remains, there's still a lot of loose ends that could be mm-hmm. considered. I, I, I personally think that he hasn't been released or bought out because of his injury, because uh, he wants Tony to pay for his injury because it happened in the and ring. You don't, hold on, hold on, hold and on. you don't think that Tony Khan would realize this for a fact, knowing the millions of dollars that he has and all the different uh, sports venues that he has. His father has. Well, his no, no, no. When, when you look at it, though, he has access to all this because not only is, right. his father has there. You don't think that would have been easy enough saying – I'm not going to go until you volunteer to pay for my medicals. You don't think they wouldn't do it? Maybe. If he's as toxic as he's being let on to be. I mean, I mean, yeah. Your question, if he'll come back. So, Alpha, I'll throw it to you. Do you want him to come back? I I think if, you know, tinfoil hat on, if this is all a work, I genuinely think the reaction from the people who got worked will be something that's going to stir up like the the internet wrestling community for years because we got schmooved that hard. And I think whether or not you want to see him back as like you like him, you're definitely going to want to see him to see where they're going with him in the future. So I think he's going to get people to talk if that's the end goal here. I'm biased. I like CM Punk. I got to see him. You know, I got a belt signed by him that I unfortunately don't have anymore. So you know, I'm trying to hold out hope, but I don't know, man. It just it's it's a little bit of real life to where I'm like, I don't know if we're gonna blur the lines that hard to where I'm thinking this is just us reaching too deep because we're wrestling fans and you know, we we've been worked in the past before and we want this to be work, but if it's not, then we're gonna be crushed, you know. Nah, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I just three letters, MJF. Okay, but he has enough people to feud with that could be fresh, interesting feuds. CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Okay, great. Me personally, 
I'm done with CM Punk. Yeah, I I, I don't think CM Punk is. CM Punk took his ball and went home and bitched about the wrestling business for seven years, and then came back to AEW. Um, and yeah, you know, guys, when it comes down to it, and we sit here and we look at it, there were so many. And again, we're six months into this whole situation. We're going to have all these different conspiracy theories, but when it comes down to it, we all agree. But the way it was originally presented to the fans was definitely a huge. They, they should have been a little bit more transparent on what went down. They okay. okay, I want to throw one thing out here too, and Chris, I think you would agree with me on this. Does this happen if Cody Rhodes is still under contract? Yes, yes, because I, so. I I don't think he, I don't think Cody Rhodes. He's not think Cody Rhodes. Rhodes you think he is here. Cody Rhodes doesn't leave w or AEW if CM Punk is in, in – CM, CM Punk being in AEW is one of the reasons why Cody Rhodes left. Apparently, they don't like each other, allegedly. But you look at it this way, though, guys. In the case of CM Punk, it's one of the things – and I had a very good friend. We talked about this last night. You may not get along with somebody, but the fact is when it comes down to it, he was in a position of authority. If CM Punk wanted to go and try to push buttons, Cody had that card available to him. How much can the executive vice president do when they're the executive vice president? How much? What is that actual title? Tony Khan still outranks him. True. But when you sit there and you look at it, and I mean, again, granted, what the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega did wasn't necessarily the best thing in the world. But same token, too, the Bucks... And Cody were like this. Kenny and Cody, for the most part, until the last few weeks, were like this. I'll tell you right now, there was a situation and something was going to go down. There's going to be my close friends are going to tell me, here's, here's the things that can happen because of this. Are you willing to take it this far? Now, would it may have stopped it? Who knows? But at least you would have had somebody to say, I've seen things like this happen in the past. We're just now getting the traction. Why do you put everything we've built on the line? Do you think we'll look back at this and see it as the WCW moment? You know, like this is this is where things just started going downhill. I don't know. I, I think, and again, I go back to something Alpha said earlier. Could this be Montreal for AEW? Mm, I don't think it's Montreal. I think it's more, I just... I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't know that it's going to be the definitive moment because everybody just calls it, you know, AEW WCW two. But what a lot of people like to forget is the tail end of WCW versus this. I'm like, no matter how hard AEW tries, unless they're deliberately just trying to shoot themselves in the head with it. They're not going to go out as badly as WCW did. Like, are we just going to forget that? Don't even mention Arquette. Just any of the matches on a pole. Bring it for the group. Two words, Vince Russo. That is true. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about probably the biggest story out of AEW. And we still got the story. I got to say right now, it's probably the best way to put it is the story, the number one WWE story on just about 
every form of media that we've even seen in the entire year. Chris, bring it up. Vince McMahon retiring scandal. How does this departure and the changes affect the landscape? This is a monumental thing. And Alpha, I'm just going to throw it at you because there's multiple different perspectives here. Your thoughts on this whole scenario. We're now about... I am, we're about I am so glad you asked. And from a creative standpoint in WWE, I am so glad this has happened. Not because I don't think Vincent Kennedy McMahon is ineffective when he does things right, but because finally WWE as a whole, as a complete company, can feel like a unit now. Because truly, when NXT was black and gold and Paul was running it and Vince was at the top, it felt like two shows on completely different planets. And now... With Paul on top, I don't care if y'all didn't watch NXT. I don't care about any of this. You'll get to learn to like these guys over the next three years that they're going to be here, and I'm happy they're here. It is nice to know that Vince isn't sticking his finger in somebody else's food who knows how to cook it right, who knows how to do it. I understand he's made good decisions in the past, but he's made a lot of dumb, 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 dumb decisions since then, and I'm very aggressive about this, but this is only just because – I don't understand how somebody like him at the top of this company could screw up so many call-ups, but we're not talking about that. I think this fares absolutely well for WWE just because I think it's finally glad that Vince is gone and it can, you know, it can feel like one unit and it's under a guy like Triple H who's been doing a good job of proving himself and now has the platform to make sure the stars he's building in NXT become the superstars that they need to be on Raw and SmackDown. Well, you know something? I want to throw this out here, Alvin, and I want to throw it to the team here as a whole. And, Drew, you bring up a good point, but I'm going to kind of take the best of both worlds here. Yes, Vince McMahon cut a large amount of talent, but you have two different perspectives. You have the Vince McMahon perspective that got the WWE to where it is, and you've got the Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley perspective of 2022 and you see you see that they have been bringing back people as as one of the big things that was tied with this the hirings and firings it's one of those where triple h looked at looks at it from a perspective and again this is where i think drew and i are going to disagree i know several of our viewers are going to disagree with me here they've put all this time money and energy and investment into people like Kerry and Cross, like Hit Row, among others. And it gives them a chance. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, they were never given their chance. They were never given their just due. But you look at it, and again, I just throw it this way. Kerry and Cross, when he was up the first time for a cup of coffee, he was looking like a gladiator. We don't need a gladiator in 2022. When he came back, He came back very similar to what he was in NXT, this ruthless, mercenary-like individual, and it's going to be one of those simply put. He is going to survive, he's going to succeed, or he's going to fail based on what people knew worked. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those meaning. Hit Row has failed because you can question their abilities, but Hit Row has kind of failed because they don't have Swerve. And exactly. as much as I don't like Swerve Strickland, 
Um, Swerve made Hit Row. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. But the idea is, to me, give them that opportunity. Don't let things like the pandemic or this, that, and the one. And one of the things you got to look at, too, before everything started going on with the pandemic, Vince kept constantly sending out to all of the shareholders. We're making this much money. We're making this much money. We're turning a profit. We're doing all these things to move forward and put more money in our pockets. And then all of a sudden it magically, oh, we've got to cut 40 people. It made no sense. Because a lot of people that he hired were the, I don't want these people in AEW hires. And when he realized that AEW wasn't going to be a threat, he thought it was, well, I don't need you. I don't know. I mean, I can agree with some of them. I can. Here's my thing on the whole situation. If you talk to, if you hear people that that wrote for WWE in the '90s, in the early 2000s, in the '80s, they talk about how there was always, you know, there was cohesion, there was committees, there was people doing things, mm-hmm. there was there was booking committees, there was writing committees. You talk to people in the past ten years or so. They say it's for an audience of one. It's just Vince doing the writing, and it's just for Vince. If he if he thinks it's funny, it's making TV. If he doesn't, it's not, regardless of what anybody else says. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that we're no longer writing for that audience of one has shown, and the product has been better. I think it's creatively surpassed AEW since Vince left and become watchable again. I mean, yeah. Alpha? I, I, sorry, I'm just, I was enunciating because I'm like, thank you, because it has been. I'm like, it's been really, really, really good. Like, has anything been as hyped as SummerSlam? Am I the only one who's not, like, ecstatic about WrestleMania? I'm like, damn, this is going to be a really good card, and they're going to follow through on it because we know they're going to have, like, at least 15 minutes. You're going to give everybody, and it, we get two days. We get two days. We get two main events. They get to book it however they want. Oh, my God, I'm just excited. I, and, uh, and, and early, early, uh, um, drop of the card or the main events for both nights. Roman's gonna be. It's <laughs> gonna kill some people. Roman might be on both nights. Uh, or I've seen one where Roman was gonna be on both nights defending both defending both titles, and then I also saw where they're going to split the titles before Mania. Maybe have it up in the Royal Rumble and have the the last one I saw was he was either gonna be Seth versus Drew or Cody. For one of the titles, the second title was going to be Roman versus TBD. They want it to be The Rock. They don't think they're not, not sure about it. If if uh, if Rock can't do it, it's going to be uh, Roman versus Cody on night two. And, and guys, I'm going to tell you right now. When it sits there and looks at it, and, and I agree exactly with what Chris was saying in the idea of where it's giving you a new outlook on things. It's giving you that opportunity. And I think when it comes down to it, the biggest thing to me, and I'm just going to put it out there, the things that were being presented, all the stuff that led to him leaving, those were some landmark accusations. Mm-hmm. And but that's of, all what, things, of all things, this takes him down. And, it, and honestly, it should have. I'm not saying it shouldn't have. Right. But <laughs> actual legitimate sexual assault allegations in the 80s didn't take him down. Incredible steroids child and take him down. Like just oh my god. And, and am I the, am I I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but um 
the rumors that Vince wanted to was talking to his friend saying he got bad advice and wanted to come back. And yeah. all of a sudden the next day, a, another wall street journal article dropped. You yeah. don't think, you don't think there's people in WWE feeding WWE or wall street. There journal always history. has been. I mean, how do you think Meltzer got his information back in the day? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody in the locker room feeding information. Oh, you mean Mr. AEW guy? <laughs> well, well, guys, I mean, again, we could go again. This is one of those topics that could go on. But before we let Christopher Miles go, and Chris, I'm going to tell you, you travel to countless promotions throughout the Midwest. We've had several different viewers bring up a question here. And again, we apologize for not getting to it sooner, everyone. It's one of those where we do have the main focus of the show tonight. But we did while we have Christopher Miles on the program. Uh, we want to go ahead and throw the question. I think Alex uh, Jeff Cott brings it up very. I was well looking off. for I was looking for the best worded question of, of yeah. And so there, he had a lot of good ones here. What is next for the Brotherhood in 2023? You've had a lot of dealings with the Brotherhood. I got to ask you right now. What are your thoughts for 2023? Man, I I have not seen in this business a more bizarre change of heart <laughs> than these three guys. You want to talk about three guys who in 2022 started being the most base villains, just, you know, making the kids cry, brah. But, and, and, and through the course of actions of others of, of, you know, Tommy Davis and uh, Blake Steele, they just turned the coin and now they're, they're the ultimate good guys. They're fighting for the name of the South Broadway athletic club for all for MMWA. And it's just like, what happened here? It's like, guys. Okay, so I started, I've done five or six shows this year for MMWA, I believe. I can't remember. It's been, it's been a few. At the beginning of the year, the Brotherhood was one of the most hated groups in at South Broadway Athletic Club, getting booed, taking out Moondog, taking out Benjamin. And Trump. now he's teaming with them. And this last show in December, and even in November when I was there, well, Butcher was being cheered. He Moondog saved him that month, and then this past month, the Brotherhood was getting cheered. And there, it in January, it's going to be an eight-man tag. It's going to be it's going to be uh, Blake Steele, Tommy Davis, and the Junkies for Fame against the Brotherhood and Moondog freaking Rover. The Brotherhood and Moondog Rover. I believe Luke has a point. <laughs> I, 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 I can't put two and two together here, guys. And the response that Moondog got when he ran in and made the save on uh, Ricky and uh, and uh, Butcher was, I mean, you you all, well, Luke has been a part of Broadway, South Broadway Athletic Club back in the day. You've recently been a part of it. You know something, guys? I want to throw it at you this way. And, I mean, again, we've already got the story with Damian Blade and Ricky Cruz. We got all that. The most interesting out of all eight of those people in that matchup, the thing that intrigues me the most is two. How do Blake Steele and Tommy Davis coexist? And how do Cayman and Moondog Rover coexist? I it's 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 bizarre world. Chris hasn't been there the last couple of shows because of various things, and it's been bizarre world down there. But it's one of those things: is the enemy of my enemy my friend? That is true. 
Well, there's a lot of enemies that are friends in this matchup. I mean, again, because yeah, Chris said you can't you can't look at this matchup and not go. And and, you, and the question marks pops over your head. And, and I actually have one more. We have I have one more question to get to you guys before we go. Um, but I want to ask Christopher Miles, what was your what has been your favorite match to referee this past year? Oh boy. Um, I know. I know. I'm putting you on the spot, but okay. So I'll, I'll ask this: Are we talking sheer spectacle? Or are we talking match I actually enjoyed just being in the middle of? I'd say enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. Um, just for what it meant to the people involved, uh, I got to work David Turner and Davy Richards, and it was you know David Turner getting in there with his you know the the guy that trained him, and it was it was it was really cool for me because I'm friends with David. And it was really cool to me to to be a part of that. As far as spectacle, I mean, the match of 10,000 tacks with Lenny Mephisto and Neil Diamond Cutter was <laughs> bizarrely awesome. You, can, you can't go wrong with tacks, right? 10,000 of them and little baseball bats covered in tacks. And... I said, mm-hmm. had the opportunity many a times to be in, in countless different bizarre matches. And again, when it comes down to it, thumbtacks, barbed wire, cages... I mean, you name it. Anytime you're going to put a certain element of danger into it. I I, I will say this, though. Uh, consistently, as far as matches, this like match after match after match that I enjoyed the most, CJ Shine has just been the best guy to work with match after match just because he's so entertaining, he's so good, and plus he designed my T-shirt. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, like I said, before we get too much farther along uh, – Christopher Miles, let's go ahead and throw up one more time if we got it, Chris. Let's throw up one more time um, the address. You want to buy a Christopher Miles T-shirt, which you can get at ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, I think we've got the address here. I'm, I'm looking for it. It's uh, it's up here somewhere. Uh, yeah, there, you, there, there it is. It. ProWrestlingTees.com slash St. Louis dash St. Dash Louis dash favorite dash Um like I said, right now we're talking. Don't you about, have don't you have stickers and magnets there too? Yes, I do. Those are only available at shows. Meet with me there. T-shirts, strictly through pro wrestling tees. Gotcha. No, like I said, man. I mean, it's an opportunity, and I got to say this right now as we get ready to wrap up the episode. I want to say first of all, thank you for joining us tonight, Chris. And secondly, I have to say, when it comes to 2022. I've had the opportunity to train a lot of people in the world of professional wrestling. Before before you oh, go, oh, hold on. Go ahead, Chris. Before you go. I want I want Christopher Miles to answer this last question. It's not part of our list, but uh, okay, for, that should be for the wrestling world. But I can't type, so <laughs> uh, uh, so you will see before twenty twenty three is out. You will see. I what I hope anyway is the splitting of the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And through that, I hope a true return to a brand split. That would yeah, be what I, I, fi- I fixed. I fixed it. <laughs> I yes, want to see two world titles because we have two secondary titles. We have two tag titles. We have two women's titles. I either want to see one world title or I want to see two because we can't have two everything, only one world title. Right, I I, so, I agree. I agree. Both both shows should be sep- separate, and um, and then maybe we can actually get back to Survivor Series this year being an actual brand versus brand match. Brand and war games, and war games. And war games. Yes. Well, Chris, I'm going to throw this out here again. Uh, Natalie had that here, and we're going to talk about this in just a minute. Again, uh, Chris, first thing for being here, and secondly, from from one longtime referee 
having the opportunity to guide you uh, very early on in your career and seeing how you've really improved your game and become one of the premier referees in St. Louis here in 2022. I got to give you a shout out that I, I really am looking forward to seeing what you're going to do in 2023 and beyond. And, and again, to see how much you've developed as a referee really makes me feel good that you've become one of the best hands down. So, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I, I personally, I want to double my match count in this coming year. We're I'm right on the cusp of 200, man. I want to be at 400 for the years over. I are you are you already at 200? Almost. Uh, mm-hmm. what, are, what are you at? 194. Wow. And you haven't even. You've only been doing it for about a year. About a, just about a since, year uh, since um, March of 2021. Because not even. Okay, so almost two years. So, yeah. yeah. Sadie Blaze and Mikazi was your first match, right? Uh, first singles match, the Battle Royal was my first match. Battle Royal, well, yeah. Yes. So, well, well, again, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on the program tonight. Again, a perfect way to wrap up 2022. Again, if you catch there's countless promotions here in the in the St. Louis area, hopefully more promotions in the Midwest, you can check out this guy. And I'm uh, yeah. ring referee. Before I get out of here, just to promote some more self-promotion, I'll have my own show coming up where called Issues with Wrestling where I don't necessarily do reviews and analysis. I leave it to these guys because they're the best at it. What I do is I take a topic or issue and have a guest on and we chop it up. We might talk about cultivating characters. We talk about the healer face dynamic, but we're going to talk about some issue with wrestling that I have. And we go from there. So look, I'll, look tell you, I'll tell you right now, guys, uh, the Russell talk podcast is, is one of the best around hands down. Absolutely. Uh, again, you get the opportunity to look at a lot of different issues. And I'm going to tell you right now, in 2023, we're going to have Christopher Miles back on the program. And that's one of the things that we've discussed. And the fans of the Russell Talk podcast have discussed the idea of talking about issues in professional wrestling. And when it comes down to it, I mean, again, an opportunity, if you get to check them out, uh, I believe uh, most of the regular media outlets, podcasts, or mm-hmm. uh, um, um Stitcher, um, I yeah. can't think of the one, the, the, the other one. There's like Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and you know, it'll be part of the i70 family, so it'll be all right here on Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. But it's coming after the new year, and I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, Most definitely. And, and again, I want to thank you for coming on the program. Look forward to seeing you in January and all throughout 2023, ladies and gentlemen. As the man, again, one more time, just to show the shirt, just to make sure everything's good to go. St. Louis's favorite zebra. You can see it right there on a shirt. Christopher Miles. That's Christopher not J. King. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> on that note, we're going to go ahead. Thank you, Chris, for coming on the program. We'll see Thanks you. Right me, guys. Talk to you later. Talk to you later, Bye. sir. All right. Well, Chris, let's go ahead and throw that back up here one more time here. The the question that you posed, Christopher Miles. One prediction you see in the wrestling world for 2023. I'm going to throw you. mine out there, and I yep. got a couple. Number one, uh, and I, I got to say this, uh, my number one, I don't see the snitch holding the Dynamo Pro Championship at the end of 23. Ouch. Number two, I see MJF holding the AEW Championship at the end of 23. And I will tell you right now, uh, the third prediction is the continued growth of the WrestleTalk podcast. Uh, I will tell you right now, uh, this year, I feel very fortunate that the WrestleTalk podcast was able to go to the Cauliflower Alley Club. And I can tell you right now, um, it will be made official next week, uh, but the Russell Talk podcast will be in attendance for the National Wrestling Hall of Fame in Waterloo, Iowa this year. Uh, looking forward to making the journey up there as well. 
And uh, the biggest thing is I, I think my biggest prediction is pro wrestling at the local and national levels and the international level is going to explode in 2023. Uh, Alpha, your thoughts. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, this is like combination what I want and combination, just stuff that I hope happens. But oh, and one more thing. Prediction is that Alpha will send oh, yeah. me <laughs> you know the thing is i'm gonna do that just to surprise you i'm gonna call it up during the show you're gonna knock at your door and be like who the hell is at my door at this hour and there's gonna be a dude with a pizza it'll be fine <laughs> i'm gonna make that happen i'm gonna ask renee for your address I, <laughs> my biggest prediction cody rhodes wwe champion i want it it's, i mean i just i if they're gonna do it i don't know how but next year i want it um Another one, and this is more of my, my personal workhorse pick, Kanosuke Takeshita. And it's either Mid or All-Atlantic Championship or ROH Championship or ROH TV Championship, either or. I think he definitely deserves something because people like to watch him and he's getting more traction. Um, uh, I'm not really sure what else, though. Those are like my two biggest ones, honestly, out of predictions. Um, brand split. I, I think we can look forward to a brand split if it just depends on what, cause it's only two trains of thought for it. It's either we're going to merge everything and bring it back to doing two shows or we're going to split everything up and we're going to go back to being dedicated people and making our stuff count. But we got a big enough roster now, so I can definitely attest to that more than having a bloated roster on two shows. Well, real quick here, before uh, we go, before we go Chris, Chris, can you go ahead and bring up uh, Aaron Ross? He got up a real great one too. Let's play here. Uh, talk about 2023 Atilicon losing the Classic Wrestling Championship, the disbanding of PYT Inc., and the idea of John Cena versus Goldberg at WrestleMania. Oh, that that last one, that last one is a. Uh, mm, Please mm. no. Well, <laughs> and Chris, you got to put up the other one just because I know for a fact you're a huge Blues fan. I know. I'm a little. Dist- I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted. The Blues are in overtime right now, and. <laughs> um, actually, they just lost. They just lost it over time. So, all right. Well, now we've got that taken care of. Rodell, your predictions for twenty three. Well, you've kind of everyone's kind of taken. Uh, I think Cody's going to win a title. I think Cody's going to win the WWE title sometime in twenty twenty three. I think Seth Rollins is. If they split the title, Seth Rollins is the obvious to to lead one of the brands. Roman can lead Fox, the the SmackDown brand. Seth can lead the uh, Raw brand temporarily. Uh, tag team wise, the Usos can definitely carry a brand. Um, but what about Sammy and KO actually carrying the team? I was just about to mention that. I think that'd be perfect if they book it right. And uh, I like Gunther as champion because, I mean, his chops are uh, otherworldly, um, but yeah, I, I think I, I I want him to go back to the brand split where we don't have like this carry. I until you get to WrestleMania, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna have a. Are you okay, Luke? Gunther chop. Ow. Just thinking about the chops. The- Would you rather take? How about you take chops from Gunther and Ricky Cruz back to back? No, no. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but, I think I'd rather get headbutted by Shibata. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I think I'd rather take that. So. And I also predict that I like, as I said before, Hunter got something out of this New Japan thing. 
And I think my bold prediction for 2023, the Switchblade Jay White is going to be in the Royal Rumble. That's a bold statement. I, 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 yeah, I truly could. That was my other prediction uh, uh, for Bidden Door 2. I'd love to see it. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but that'd be cool. I would, but, I, and I know I'm crazy in thinking this, but if they could just get on the same page and actually talk and, and have conversations, I think Hunter would probably be more apt to this than, than Vince would. Why Why couldn't we see a WWE versus AEW Forbidden Door at some point? Because it would Is depend that, on how they book it. it, it, it yeah, you're going to do invasion or do you just do showcase? Because if it, it, it'll sell either way, but it, it depends on how much companies going to want to work with each other, you because, know, depending I mean, on what narrative you go for. I mean, right now, you, right now you would do MJF versus Roman, and that's just probably – not the i mean I, I i think you would probably do more showcases with no mat like because i think more people want to see roman versus kenny omega than they want to see of course roman versus kenny omega and i'm going to throw the other one out here aew past and present cody rhodes versus mjf mm. wwe cody rhodes versus aew champion mjf I would fill some seats, but it'll never happen because I don't think I don't think they could work together in that way. Um, but maybe if the money's if the money's right. I mean, I it's not zero. I mean, it's that there's more of a chance now with Hunter than anything. <laughs> um, I just well, yeah. right now, Chris. Before we go too much farther, I want to throw one more local question out here, and then we're going to wrap things up here. I'm going to thank everybody for coming on the program here tonight, all of our great guests, all of our great viewers. We've got one more question out here, and, and Alpha, I know you're not really a huge follower of the St. Louis wrestling scene, but Chris got to throw it out there. Do you think the Brotherhood will win the MMWA Tag Team Championship next month from the Junkies for Fame? Yeah, well, because considering it's a eight-man tag match. I don't... The, the titles aren't going to be on the line, but I could definitely see... And you're looking at a different combination of the Brotherhood. You're looking at Ricky and Butcher because Cayman is the MMWA heavyweight champion. And you, you've you known Cayman for a while, so you know what he's... a scary guy, dude. <laughs> Cayman creeps me out, man. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say. It, when he comes to the ring, if I could crawl under the table, I would. Butcher doesn't creep you out either? No, at least I can. At least I have a fighting chance to run away from Butcher. I think you're more scared of Abigail than you are of of Cayman. No, no, that is true too. I mean, that's that's not here nor there. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I mean, again, tonight's been a great show. We've had a lot of great guests come on the program. Uh, also, real quick, Chris, one more time, let's go ahead and thank our great sponsors who've made 2022 so so important for the Russell Talk Podcast. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and talk in. Royal Mills Transportation, uh, Rathbun Engraving, uh, Home of Great Russell Talk Podcast Mugs, Noble Men's Barber Lounge, Kansas City. If you need a great haircut and you're in the Kansas City area, go check them out. Kincaid Arcade at the Oak Park Mall, Interstate 70 Sports Media with our good friend, the maestro Jeremy Carp, Little Popeye Designs, Home of the Russell Talk Podcast Tumblr, and of course, the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. Guys, I got to tell you right now, when you look at 2022 from the Russell Talk Podcast, I mean, again, Things that really stick into my head. And, and just to let you know, Alex, we have had uh, Damien on the program. We were actually talking with him about possibly having him come back on here in early 23. Um, to give you an idea, 
as we look at things here. Number one, Russell Talk podcast going to the CAC. I think that was a big thing for the Russell Talk podcast this year. <coughs> I think number two, the idea of Russell Talk podcast hitting episode 400. And that was a huge accomplishment for the Russell Talk podcast this year. I have to say the additions to of several, uh, the additions of uh, Sunny Money Mayo, of the alpha of Justin Wade. I mean, we've had a lot of great additions to the program. Uh, we're getting much farther along to our, our goal of being able to cover professional wrestling across the country. Um, I, I have to say right now, uh, those we've got a lot of great guests um, that have come on the program, but I got to say the biggest thing uh, of 2022 to me is how loyal the viewers and the podcast host and the sponsors, how loyal everyone has been to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I mean, without everybody involved, the team behind the scenes, the viewers, the, the sponsors, without everybody being involved, this show does not exist. And I mean, again, I want to thank personally, I want to thank the Night Owl, I want to thank Nightmare Jones, uh, I want to thank. Uh, Chris Rodell, I want to thank Hardcore Hoss, uh, I want to thank uh, Jeremy Carp, I want to thank The Alpha, I want to thank Justin Wade, I want to thank Sonny Money, um, a lot of great guests that have been on the program. I'm going to tell you right now, 2023, January, is going to be a happening month here on the Russell Talk Podcast. I know in the coming months we're going to have the opportunity to talk again. We've already been in discussions with the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame and this year's uh, induction class. Um, I know we're going to talk to the St. Louis Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame and hopefully have them on the program. Uh, we're going to have some more representatives from the CAC. Uh, we're hoping to have some representatives from the uh, Tregos Thez Hall of Fame. Um, there's going to be a lot of great experiences uh, coming out here in 2023. And guys, I just got to tell you, <coughs> I think this year has been the best, hands down. Whether you're talking local, national, international wrestling, the Wrestle Talk podcast has excelled on making this the best program that you can see on the internet when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. Yep, I agree. I agree. So uh, that's going to do it for episode 422 of the Russell Talk Podcast. You can check us out at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, Facebook, Russell Talk Podcast. Uh, hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling. Hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling at Russell Talk Podcast on Twitter. Uh, so we will. Uh, we're going to send it out of here, and we hope that you guys had a good time talking about the year 2022. We'll be back next week with an all-new, brand-new episode, two great guests, and – who knows who will be here next week? So um, let's 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 end the year in 2022 and have a happy and safe New Year, everybody. Um, and always let, let one one thing for Jeremy Carp. Always the National Suicide Prevention Hotline nine eight eight. If you're having issues with the holidays and you need to talk to somebody, their line is always open. So. Um, and you know something, Chris? Not only are we going to have great guests, we're going to be talking Wrestle Kingdom. Tune in next Tuesday night, 7 and I, right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Get me the schedule. I want to watch it so bad. Yeah, so ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, for the Alpha, for DJ Big Sexy, this is Luke Roberts. I want to thank each and everyone. You have a happy holiday. Have a great new year, and we'll see you next Tuesday night right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. <laughs>